<laughs> you already know what it is, fam. I've been smoking weed since I was 13 in the back of my garage listening to DPG. I never thought one day that we would be ODOZ. Now all my mama's friends' kids bumping our CD. I can't lie or give a fuck no We more. back. We won't and frozen Moscato and Skywalker got a nigga zone. In the building. Wanna get treated like my Swisher. She whispered, hit me once, then pass me. Y'all know shit about this. From week to week, every episode. You have no fucking idea what I'm playing, do you? Go to I mean pot at gmail.com. Monkey on Twitter. On Twitch. On Instagram. IG. That's where I live. Over there. The guest today is me. Oh, Welcome to the motherfucking Yazzy Comedy Show. Monkey Water in the building. Jazzy Comedy Show with Monkey D. Trivante in the building. This show is going to be a little different, y'all, because this is more so a 15-year conversation in the making. It's probably been on for eons and eons. This is my brother from another mother. We are light years apart, and we only a day apart in reality on this physical earth. I love this man. He's wise, entertainer, strength. I've known him when he wanted to be a personal trainer, Pan-African studies, a philosopher, a psychologist, a comedian, musician. This man has all the talents. He sold cars. He sold solar panels before it was cool 13 years ago. Now he has his own show. He's been killing the game in, in Los Angeles, California. Uh, my man, my brother, my best friend. Trevante D. Trevante Q. Water, but Monkey D. Trevante, if you looking him up in the public Google. <laughs> Welcome to the building. In the public Google. Thank you, my brother. And you know those things. Man, thank you for being things. here, bro. Man, it's just an honor and a privilege, man. And it's uh, it's long overdue, but you didn't have the equipment until now. <laughs> right, right. Which, thanks to you for the equipment, of course, right? Because I didn't know anything about the sound systems, the software, the technology. My technology game is still HTML from Black Planet. I didn't really advance since then, <laughs> and I had to, like consult the subject matter expertise to figure out what's the best equipment. So let's talk about this equipment real quick. How, how are we recording? What's, what's moving uh, our sound right now for those who appreciate the sound? Can I get a level on the bass and on the treble? We sound great. You sound fantastic. I, I think you sound fantastic too. So this sound is brought to you by Rode Pod Mics and the Rode Podcaster Pro, a.k.a. I renamed Rode. it the Roadster. Shout out to Roadie. So the Roadies and the Roadsters, if y'all take that name, look, we just want 10% for the new name because we know Roadsters way cooler than Road Podcasters. So we just want to <laughs> let that be known to the world. Shout out to my shout out to my niggas over in Australia. Chef this up, whip this up for us so that we can chef and whip this up for y'all. Basically, basically. That's the interesting part of the world we live in, in Chavante. It's, it's a global world. So the things that we thought about when we were 13, 14 years old, watching Pokemon and imagine having a little Pokedex in our hand where we can access any information for things we want, that actually exists right now. I mean, we're not playing with Pokemon, but we're playing with tech. Yeah. And then right? we have people, they're a part of the Pokedex. It's like, you know what, I'm hit up with the homie in Australia. Bro, when were you anywhere remotely close to talking to like Steve Irwin? Well, I'm just talking to the Steve Irvins of the world now with relative ease. 
hours at a time, no matter our time zones. They 18 hours ahead in the, in the fucking future. And I'm like, I'll be, look, bro, I was on a Wednesday talking to a nigga in his Thursday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> How cool is that, dog? That is mind-blowing when you even say it. But see, that's this is a world that didn't exist even 60 years ago, right? People yeah. couldn't just connect, right? You had, what, Telegram back in the day, uh, wire message. I don't even know all the different ways. But phone call, that, that didn't just work around the world. You had to send, like, a letter by ship or something. You struggle making a cordless phone call, like, in your neighborhood. Like, if you had one of the good cordless phones that was, like, 900 megahertz, you was wiretapping some other niggas phone calls somewhere else in your neighborhood hearing all that, the kind of shit that you like that they were talking about i remember hearing other people's phone calls on the phone talking to my little middle school high school homies bro yeah you know like this the pink panther you, you know like in the pink panther when you had that fucking cup to the to your ear and then your ear in the cup to the door that's what the fuck that shit was like yeah, listen in. Don't know what they saying. Don't know where they are. But see, now we can like, we, there's a little bit. And I'm sure there's technology back in the day. But now we could probably, if you heard somebody phone calls, you can plug your phone up or Bluetooth it to your computer and figure out their wireless GPS signal and be like, oh, I'm talking to somebody at 94th and Mac right now. That's why I'm listening in. Uh, you know, that can be just crazy. How that bad. <laughs> like, damn. Yeah, this nigga got the drop on me. He got the latitude and longitude. Right, <laughs> brother, listening to all of us, but I don't think we get to listen to nothing else. But it don't even matter now. You know, everything's on Facebook, right? Twitter, Snapchat. Hey, and people uh, willingly put their whole latitude and longitude and the uh, blood type on that bitch. So, you know what I'm saying? You ain't got nobody met, to blame but yourself, you goofy ass nigga. People, I met Sweet Maples on Friday at twelve. I shit it at twelve oh four. You know, I had uh, a coffee at twelve oh seven, and then I had to take one more shit at twelve oh nine. And it was a good time at Sweet Maples. Here's a picture. Man, that's you like see, you see how not quite specific my shit is on like IG, and I barely be on there, but be on there at the same time. My locations be like mostly the Hidden Leaf Village. Yeah, uh, that's nigga, true. I reside in the land of fire on some Naruto. Right. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> You know what I'm so saying? Shout out to Naruto, Sasuke, all of them. Shout out, uh, hey, shout out to Jiraiya. Shout out to Curvy Sage. Shout out to Jiraiya, like you said. Shout out to uh, shout out to all my niggas over there, man. Shout out to Madara, you know what I'm saying? Because he was so demented, they got everyone to realize their true potentials. Shout out to Sasuke from kind of, you know, getting over, to, you know, back to the side of light in his own unique right. way. You know, shout out to all the eyeballs he had to pluck to get that shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Done. Shout out to the Uchihas. Rest in power, y'all. Shout out hey, to why, you know, Can we pause for a second? Yeah. And not on the traditional pause, but on the uh the Sasuke having to pull the eyes to get to where he's going. Why does it seem like that's a lesson for like a form of greatness on life? You remember Side Off Heroes? Yeah, Who, he had to take brains. He had like we thought he was eating brains at first, but he at least had to cut the heads open and study them just to understand that power to use it for himself. You know, Eric Kripke, shout out to him for creating these shows like The Boys and uh, Heroes. He used a physical way to drive his metaphors. Like you see it as uh, it being a visceral kind of an aggressive way to make a point, but they think that it's just gore for the sake of gore. And that, that's not really how Kripke works. He's literally picking your brain. You see what I'm mm. saying? Mm. That's a figure of speech to us. 
but he was literally picking niggas' brains. Mm-hmm. He had to mm-hmm. get into your brain to understand how shit worked in it. Mm-hmm. If you were mm-hmm. a, a like a, a master, like jewel thief, I need to know how you move. So instead of him just asking the niggas some questions, there's a lot of blood involved. <laughs> ah. you, know, you know what I'm saying? So but I love that though. Like, not the not the whole we gotta cut a nigga head open to pick his brain. Literally, that's his personality. But, yeah, right. But the idea that sometimes you gotta go, you gotta go head to head with somebody for lack of better words, right? That whole arm sharpening arm. You really gotta deal with somebody up close and personal to figure out what their energy is, how they move, and what their talent is, talent defenses, whatever. And I think. These are warrior spirits we're talking about, right? That's not the everyday person working at Walmart. That's just having a good life, but not trying to like overcome in the day to day or something, right? These are people that are like, like Sasuke, Siler, they were on missions. And I think if you're on a deep mission, you almost have to be e- Elon Musk. I would say Elon Musk is a modern day version of that. Mm greatly misunderstood and there's no way that you possibly could if you unless you were equally as strange or approaching those levels of strange or different more so different than strange it's strange because it's right, simply like what's strange right? well strange is just not familiar so that's not right. gonna knock so strange right. by its very definition would probably just be not not customary not typical right. He's not typical. Right. If not, there He's would not. be all kinds of Elon Musks, and there's not. There's just one. Shout out to Elon, by the way. Shout out to Elon um, Musk. He he's on. Um, he's number two, I believe, as the wealthiest in the world or the country. I think it's the country behind Jeff Bezos. Okay. So and that's, that's him reset. trying to terraform the world. Like he's trying to make this right. joint a better place by creating. By right. creating, and he's done that, and that's got him to number two instead of fucking people. <laughs> You know, all the way up to number two. <laughs> well, that's the, that was what I was just about to say. You bring up an interesting point, too, because it's like two different styles of wealth building, right? Jeff Bezos get, gets his money off of the buying and exchanging of goods between other people, and he is literally the biggest middleman in the world. Mm-hmm. He's the number one middleman on earth. You know what I'm saying? If the aliens came and they want to negotiate, Jeff Bezos have to be the ambassador because he's negotiating. Yeah. More deals with people on this planet than anybody else on the planet. He's the greatest right? hustler of all. He might be the greatest hustler of all time by definition of a hustler. He moves the most products. No one's ever moved more in the history of man. JD don't have nothing on Jeff Bezos. No, at all. Jeff Bezos can take the name Jeff B. Jeff you B, feel nigga. me? Jeff B. <laughs> he got that. Yeah, like that shit is perfect. Perfect, man. You feel me? So. Then you look at the number two guy, Elon Musk. He got his wealth off being a creator, pure content, right? And so when we get to those high-level conversations, those weird, strange conversations that he has to have probably with other weird, strange people all over the world, and they're constantly at a, let's pick your brain, let's pick each other's brain. I need to know what you know. You need to know what I know. So then we can compute, literally like computers, like upload all your information to mom, upload all my information to yours, and let's see what comes out. Right, because the information itself is something, but then there's a chemistry from the output of the computation. And I think Elon Musk is like the Siler or the Sasuke of our Earth generation, because he's not in our physical generation, right? He's older than us, but he's part of our Earth generation. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's interesting. 
he doesn't even strike me as a person who takes a bunch of inspiration from other people because he'd be like trapped in his own mind so much. He's already got so right. much he's trying to figure out in his own head. Is that is that different from Sasuke or Sada though? No. They have to deal with other people, but they're always but they're in their always head. in their own minds, and it's like I ain't you got know? time to deal with the outside world, and so it doesn't permeate their mission, or there's nothing toxic about the environment that could um, derail them from whatever their purpose or path is because they're so tethered to their purpose, right. so tethered to their purpose that nothing can influence them in any other way. With, right. with everyone else who's typical, they need a bunch of idols and influencers to influence them, right. to motivate them right. and inspire them. And I've never been that person who necessarily looked at other men for inspiration per se, because I always had this different kind of drive. And I just yeah. want stuff myself already. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But I do get inspired like every now and again, but I don't idolize anything. Yeah. I don't think I idolize anyone either, but I do, I do have men that like, even as a kid, I've always had different people that I would follow their traits and I would pray that those traits I would internalize. So as a young man, you know, a young kid, basically, I'm like, I'm reading the Bible a lot. You know, my mom gave me the word or whatever. So I'm like, man, I want to have like the strength of Samson, like the wisdom of Solomon, Right. I want to have the anointing of Elijah. Right. I want to have the faith of Jesus, the power of, of Paul and, 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 you know, the, the, the convictions of Peter type. Right. Because it's like these traits that these men had in these stories are, I think, they're to be valued. They're virtues. Right. That can carry you beyond your day to day activities as a as a person living on the earth. As I got older it was the same thing, right? It was like, I want to have the courage of Fannie Lou Hamer, right? The the knowledge of Michael Max, right? The peace of Martin Luther King, um, shit, the talent of Michael Jackson, if possible, right? Because you still want to have the best. Then, as I got a little older, it became more of like, well, I just want to have that to, okay, who's done the great shit that I think I might be able to find a science in that and work the science, Right. So then I started seeing like, okay, Will Smith owns Overbrook Studios, right? Kevin Hart owns Hart Productions. Tyler Perry owns Tyler Perry Studios. And I'm like, again, it's not to idolize these men, but it's just to recognize, all right, the most powerful ones in the game seem to have ownership of their whatever they're producing. Whatever's coming out with their name on it, they have ownership of that. And then it was like, all right, so to get some of those traits. Maybe this is some of the science that I need to discipline myself in so I can achieve these same things. You feel me? You make an excellent point. You know what I'm saying? Because I think that I might have mischaracterized, yeah, like idolizing something and just being inspired by someone's concepts and that sort of thing and therefore them because you got to give them their flowers. You know, we kind of. While they're breathing. Right. While they're breathing. So in that sense, um, I have plenty of people like that, especially nowadays. Like, I'm actually on this vision quest of, like, your Elons, your Rogans, like, whoever mm-hmm. might be, uh, Joe Budden. Shout out to Joe Budden um, and the Joe Budden Shout podcast. Out. Shout out to the JRE. Um, even Bobby Shout Lee out. and the way that he moves in Tiger Belly. You know, you, you inspire me. Like, um, you know what I'm saying? I pay close attention to how you move jazzy comedy show bitch <laughs> you already know what time it is me, bro. you already know what time it is um 
um, even various hip hop artists, you know what I'm saying? I pay close attention to how everyone's moving. It, it's all kung fu. I'm just watching their footwork. I'm just looking at the fancy footwork. Shout out exactly. to Boy James. You know, I'm exactly. just looking at the footwork because the footwork is where everything comes from because your feet are connected to the earth and the ground and you draw your power from that. And then that eventually leaves your fingertips when you throw in your hands. You know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah. I'm just really, really obsessed with technique. I'm really obsessed with concept mm -hmm. and it don't matter where it might be coming from. It don't matter what domain, it don't matter what industry. Exactly. All like you find the sound narrative. Sound. Yeah. Like you sound is sound color is color. Like you find these through these narrative through lines through all of the stories. So I'm interested mm -hmm. in hell different types of shows, different mediums, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. more obsessed with anime than live action shit really, because <laughs> they be on some other shit. <laughs> they be on some other shit. They be on the same shit that we be on. Yeah. On all of their shows. Just about. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But I definitely, um, as an artist. What was that one you recommended to me last night, bro? Akumande? Akudama Drive. Okay, it sounds like Akudama Tai. Akudama Drive. Yeah, it, it, it <laughs> does sound like that shit. It literally flows off the tongue the same way as Akudama Tai. <laughs> yeah. Hakuna Matata was a wonderful phrase. <laughs> Shout out to the Lions King. Yo. <laughs> still messed up. They took Mufasa out that movie, man. Hey, I still hurts today, bro. Yo, that's what made it a, a eternal film. That's why we are just going to be forever hurt. We won't ever recover from that death. That was our right. first real gr us grasping death for the first time was Mufasa. Bruh, my son just had to grasp that moment when we watched Lion King and understood it and was like, right. oh, no, hands on his face, like, oh, no, yeah. oh, no. I was just like, wow. They thought they were slick, them Disney niggas. I'm like, that's how y'all just attacking our children with death before we're ready to even try to explain this shit to them. Now I just you just put me, look, Lion King put everybody's parents in the hot seat. Niggas had to stand up and be a parent. If they and, and don't <laughs> and don't have don't be a single parent for the whatever the millions of reasons are that people have to be single parents. And then the little kid watching Mufasa die, like oh shit, I got some my explaining daddy to die? do, nigga. Yeah, like nigga. I got some explaining to do now. Yeah, uh, mommy, look from little from uh a little part of Pennsylvania, uh, mommy. Did daddy die like Mufasa? No, your daddy went to get a pack of cigarettes and never came home. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you, no, your daddy could, he wishes that, he wishes he was Mufasa, baby. He was. <laughs> that bag of fucking dirt. No. If he was a kid, he might still be around. Let me introduce you to the concept <laughs> of the Rolling Stones, son. Have a seat. Right. Rolling Stones. <laughs> That's how you know we've been friends forever, y'all. But that was on cue. Boom, 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 Yeah, shit, man. Shout out to Mayfield, brother. Curtis Mayfield. Right. Man. Shout out to when music was eight minutes long for a shit. single track. Shout out to Black Exploitation. That shit was actually hilarious, though. I know. You can make love during the song. That's what that was for, though. You hey, can't even bro. make love in the album. Nah, albums be 24 minutes long, bro. Bro, they be nine minutes long, and it be a whole extended like, play. It be like nine minutes long, 16 uh, tracks on the album. <laughs> bro, everything was a porn groove back in the day. So there was there was already in pornographic mode. Like, whack it out, 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 whack it out. Come on now. 
Come and on. I think they had better drugs in the 70s. And so hey. they enjoyed the high with the vibe that was... Oh, they was fading on all kinds of different shits. You, you know, know what I'm saying? saying so as long as it be 26 minutes and it's okay. They were seeing sounds and hearing colors. So mm-hmm. every, every, everybody was faded. Everybody was like... He playing that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> It wasn't just one nigga with the Scooby-Doo mystery machine. Let me tell you, you had Kelso from that 70s show doing his Thug Dizzle out there. Right, you right. Shout out to Ashton. I'm telling you. Shout out to Ashton. See, now our, now our uh, musicians, I feel like they drugs have everybody like, o- not not OCD, what's that? Uh, she, eight, uh, she, o- what's ODing? that? The ADD. Well, they ODing too, God have mercy. But I think yeah. the drugs have people ADD. That's why the song's so short. It's oh, like, yeah. that's yo. I'm a rapper from the West. I'm doing it like the best. I put it from my chest, nigga. Shoot you in your vest. Yeah, that's a hot track right there, bro. So, Record yeah. that shit, lay it down. Song two, song two. All right, that's right. about it. You know, we're gonna put all our song titles in all caps too, because we have no control of ourselves. Uh, <laughs> all caps. It's just one word. It's like tartar sauce. I'm like, what the hell is tartar sauce about to be about? What is this song you heard about? Tartar sauce, tartar sauce, tartar sauce, tartar sauce. Get that, get that. Tartar sauce, tartar sauce, tartar sauce, tartar sauce. <laughs> like, damn, nigga. Bro. Like, yeah, it's like, it's like Versace, nigga. We ain't need to say nothing else. It's like, Bro, you know what? The next title, like the next soundtrack, be like, Bold. <laughs> I'm like, these niggas suck, man. <laughs> or it'll be the acronym that don't nobody know. It'll be like, XWV. Yo, what's that there for, bro? They be crossing out the O like it ain't there no more. <laughs> so you're like, oh, so I don't pronounce that one. Oh, I get it. Oh, that's not a Rome. That's a Roman numeral. So that's an okay. So that's an A. Oh, okay. You know they. We should. Check, it shouldn't even call it hip hop no more. They should call it uh, uh, pill hop or pill pop. Oh, you know what I'm saying? It's the pill pop music of the day. It's not the hip hop music of the day. What? I think the Grammys have a new uh, classification. I didn't watch that shit because what? But um, they got a classification, like a new classification for rapper. So it was like best melodic rapper. I'm like, all right, I'm, all right, I'm finished. <laughs> I know, I I understand that there's a lane, but I don't think you need a category so that that nigga can win can win a trophy too. He just need to be able to compete with the other rappers. And if he can't, so if he don't have no bars, but he got a nice melody sound. Yeah, and he get to win the best rapper award. This is the participation trophy generation. Like, come on, like a nigga gets a trophy for trying. I'm like, no, he needs to triumph. He needs to triumph over his foes like everybody else did for all these thousands of years and millions of years. And if you if you can't defeat your foe, you ain't the best. That nigga's the best if he's better than all of his foes. And and then you work hard, you train hard, you focus a lot, you lose a lot, you bleed a lot, and you cry a lot, and then eventually you get better if it's in you. Um, you like you know what I'm saying? And then eventually you triumph. That's a part of all of our stories. No, no, yeah. nigga, you don't just get a trophy for being here. You don't get a trophy for trying. You get a fucking trophy for winning. So get better yeah. at winning by by getting like accustomed to losing and learning how to turn your losses into W's, your L's into W's. Fuck that shit. We're not they, insulating you know, losers. <laughs> no. It, let's inspire them to the schools, bro. Like, they, they don't have the language. The thing is, like, Robert's in the 90s, on, it was on some, like, all right, let's do revolutionary gangster tell stories, speak about black power movement. Cool. In the 2000s, they might not have been on that, but them cats still had bars. Like, Twister, Ludacris, Rick Ross, right? Bars, right? Jay-Z, Nas, bars 
these cats ain't got no bars. I mean, the cats like our age, I feel like got bars, right? You Kendrick's, your J. Cole's, right? I love Big Sean. Um, out here in the Bay, we got a local rapper named Locksmith. Shout out to Locksmith. I feel like he do his thing out here. You know what I'm saying? I've heard some things. Um, I've heard some things. Shout out to Larry June. He's in the neighborhood. Slay June all day. Shout out to Primo Rice. He's in your neighborhood. It's right down the street. Shout out to Primo Rice. Yeah. And so, so it's, it's like in my musical world, though. It's popping, but the commercial shit. Yeah. Is it designed to? I mean, right. That's true. That's true. You know but it's I mean? still just like, come on, bro. Like, we need to. I just wish people could hear a Ludacris album right now where he can take one sound and make like 84 words rhyme to it. You'd be like, Brian, even know that many words existed with that ending. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, or here, Eminem, you know, put together four words to rhyme with one word. Nigga, that's musical chairs with the, like that, that nigga was on some, some, some next level shit, right? Like, uh, Rick Ross, where his voice and the bass and the beat and the sound is like an orchestra. It's very but he is, but he is it's cinematic, right? But he is he is a poet at the same time on some Buffalo Soldier shit telling the stories, right? I'm like, that's what I'm just not getting that from the Migos, bro. That's God bless you, brothers. Not getting it from you at all. Them. That's what niggas had to lay off. Like that's how niggas had to uh, lay off of the Officer Ricky shit and just go his music though. <laughs> Fuck the rest of it and his origin story. Like, if you want an origin story, watch Batman. Uh, you know, enjoy DC Comics. It's like no, bro, all all of, look. You're dealing with people in the entertainment industry, so yeah. just go for the entertainment. Who cares about and how he real? Can, you know, shout saying? out to the real Rick Ross, but he made that nigga famous. Let's be honest. No he was one studying Rick Ross in high school and yeah. college and no, African studies. No one none of that. documentaries on that nigga. He wasn't nobody no one Yeah, shout Brad. out to the real Rick Ross. But well, shout out to him and his story. Known to everyone and his story because of this Rick Ross. You almost gotta thank the entertainer Rick Ross yeah. for putting the story out there for everybody to even do a deeper dive and how the FBI and the CIA and the cocaine and all that shit. You right now we got uh movies and shows and TVs about it, right? Um, like the shy and shit, right? Uh, you got a lot of shit that's that's talking about basically this Rick Ross story in in present. So I would say the entertainer Rick Ross was more like a New York Times journalistic reporter. You know what I'm saying? He was just, hey, bro, you ain't never heard no shit like this. Yeah. And then put the orchestra behind it. And I think he literally had an orchestra at one time for one of his albums. Yo, <laughs> yo shout out to Justice League. And, and, you feel and, me? And everyone is laced, laced his whole dis- like discography. I'm telling you, yeah. Ever since Port of Miami, I, I was living in Louisville Hall. I, this is probably 2008. Is when Ross hit the scene with this Port of Miami. I was like, what is this? It push it to the limit. I'm like, man, on some 80s shit. And I was like, wow. And it was all this, this world that he like, like these pictures he would paint. And like mm-hmm. these tunes and like out of Miami and no one was really coming out of Miami. And I was like, wow, he's this big giant dude, Ooh, you know, with his beard and shit. And I'm like, yo, this this is interesting. Like, yeah, this and, is interesting. Let, and and let's let's put Rick Ross, because this is an interesting line of thought. So let's put Rick Ross in the context of a historical, right? Like thousands of years, right? The warriors aren't the storytellers. There's 
always separate stories. Shakespeare wasn't a warrior. He was a storyteller, right? We had griots in Africa. They may have been warriors, but they were particular storytellers of every war, of every incident, right? They're the recorders. They're the recorders, right? And so Rick Ross on some, like, in in his place in history is served in making black and white and young people and older people who didn't know about it, generations aware of the government and the cocaine movement. He opened that door for us to Google it. And that's some big shit. That's almost, it's not the WikiLeaks shit exactly, but it's still some big shit because America is good to let some shit just go under the rug and, oh, we did that? Oh, like, do you have pretty- <laughs> like these hip hop artists, the greats, like Ross, they are, they give our history context. Yeah, you feel because me? Because they are the greatest of the journalists. You feel me? They are the realest of the journalists. That's our New York Times as black people. Yeah. We don't have New York Times, LA Times, Washington Post, right? Shout out to Jeff Bezos, he bought Washington Post. Black people don't own that. You know exactly how niggas are moving through hip-hop period and that's why you got to listen to the new niggas too because that's letting you know where black people are at mentally right even our young goofies even, you know e- even those goofy ass niggas that's all <laughs> that's also where we are that's yeah where, it's that's where the blacks are that's right, reflection yeah. you see what i'm saying yeah. yeah it's like oh okay they don't even want to be on earth but that's why i love <laughs> big sean shout out to big sean wherever you at in the world big sean you probably at home in detroit shout out love you brother you one of my favorites you know as a hometown brother from detroit i've been listening to your music since you've been putting your shit out publicly and your music literally rides with my life that shit has motivated me in politics entertainment everything as a black man you are doing a public service you should call your next album better than therapy nigga blessings shout out to sean Man. So yeah, I love the hip hop though. I, I mean, just as a like you said, from the the storytelling perspective, capturing where we are, um, and comedy, comedy of course, right? We remiss the hip hop without comedy because it's it's almost one in the same. You know what I'm Comedy's saying? Comedy's older. It like it it's been doing this shit for longer. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like we've never been able to go without that. I was thinking about yeah. that. Like like um, someone had sent something, and I was just like. Um, I think it was by Goldwatch, and then Alchemist had Goldwatch is an artist, mm-hmm. and the homie Antoine sent me this Instagram joint made by Goldwatch, and it was just like a bunch of clips of old video footage, new video footage, random video footage that went along the sounds and the vibes of a song that Alchemist had made from his new album, The Food Villain. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Jot this shit mm-hmm. down. Shout out, uh, shout out to Alchemist. Shout out to Alchemist and his new album, Food Villain. Yeah, let's yeah. check it out. Like, it's, it's, like, it's fucking incredible. It's art. And then this artist put his art on top of that art to make it a different kind of uh, art, a living art. And I was just looking at it and I was like, you know what? Someone had said something in, in the comments and I was like, um, this is our drug because what they were talking about um, in the background in the Alchemist song that he produced and like he made, they were talking about the drug game and like the crack game, and, like cocaine and all that shit. And uh, but I, all I saw was art, brilliant art. 
So mm-hmm. I'm looking at the footage and I'm like, oh, this is the story that he's telling. No one's saying shit in this video, mind you. Mm-hmm. Neither is Goldwatch. But through the way he edited the video, it was nothing but paints and colors and things. I'm like, oh, these are all mediums that are that are used in art. Mm-hmm. And so on the backdrop of what the random clips of random guys from random old mobster movies was saying about the game itself, what you just saw was life. Mm. And I was like, art is life. Mm-hmm. Think about every fix, like figment of your life, no matter what you do for a living, no matter who's in your circle, no matter what um, you're into or not into. There's no one that's not into art throughout mm. all time. Right, and all the time. It's a human trait. Yeah. Part of our spirit. And there's so much art. There's so many categories of art that everything's really considered art in some kind of way. And you can't even debate art. Really, because it's for everyone and everyone has their own lens through which they see the world. That whole beauty and I to behold it. Yeah, that's it. And, and, and it'd be art and like, and no matter how trash it might sound to you and it's a lot of that or, or or how goofy it might look, it's like, you got to appreciate the fact that you're able to love what you love and no one can challenge you on that shit because that's your art. That's art to you. And therefore, it's a lot of art. It's, like, it's like there's ugly people on the earth. You know what I'm saying? God created them too. And somebody <laughs> they look good and somebody loved them. Yeah. And somebody attracted to them and they want to sleep with them. And you know, you know I might not want to. You might not want to, but hey. hey it's all kind of unsolved mystery. Really beautiful to somebody. It's, it's all kind of unsolved mystery like relationships out there. You're like, oh, I don't know how that happened, but here it is. And it's beautiful. I might be ugly to a few people. I don't think hey, they can see that I'm, good, but you know. I'm ugly to somebody, bro. I am at peace with I I I am at peace with my parents. <laughs> I am at that peace part. with my parents, my nigga. You know? I'm ugly to somebody, shit. And you extrapolate that, quite a few people probably. I, I mean it's seven million people on the planet. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Like it's gonna be a whole somebody. Hey, 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 boy's about to be a handful. Hey, it's a whole new mutant clan the people who've had their face worked on by the same doctor in LA they all look like the same kind of off human they don't even look like people they look like people who got cut up by the same doctor that's the funny shit about them yeah they should make a scare because they don't look like people anymore because they threw the whole Fibonacci sequence off you know what I'm saying like nature has a kind of symmetry I'm sorry it's symmetry that it's obsessed with I love how you was able to say Fibonacci and then you messed up the word symmetry, though. Fibonacci's way crazier, right? <laughs> Ain't that shit crazy, dog? I said Fibonacci sequence and then I was like, symmetry? Cats don't even know what that is. Google Fibonacci sequence so y'all can understand the beautiful balance in the nature of the earth. Yeah, do you do different? I said rhythm and it's always one off. That's Fibonacci, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's globally appealing to humans. Like we look at it and go, I don't know what it is about this Nautilus shell I found on the beach, but it's perfect. Yeah. You know, Fibonacci. Fibonacci, you know what I'm saying? Things are in proportion. Like someone who has a big nose has a certain shaped head. You know what I'm saying? Fibonacci. Mm-hmm. If that person got cosmetic surgery and got a slim or a nose that doesn't fit the way that their head was designed, they were designed as a whole thing. You know what I'm saying? We don't know the, like the specific. All them people, that's the babies or cousins. They always got one feature off. It's kind of like how Marlon Wayans on Senseless when he, overtook his medicine and like four of his senses would work and then one of them wouldn't work it's like if you got five features on your body on your face like you got eyes nose lips 
cheekbones, chins is one, and then ears. Nah, if you if your parents are cousins, then your nose might be over big, or you might have big ass ears and a little bit of head. You know what I'm saying? Niggas have a big old chin and then a round head. Don't even match the little square chin or no chin. You see the people with no chin, bro. You know it's a lot of you no chin people living up. Oh, like they look like the Airhead logo, like, yeah. <laughs> like like a blown up balloon. You know, it just kind of tapers at the bottom. Just, ain't no neck to give their face or head frame. Yeah, the cheeks just connect to the neck, Their bro. It's like just fades into the body like a gradient, just kind of fades into the the shoulder region. Yeah, man. Like, where's your chin? Yo, someone of your lineage, your family was related, sleeping with each other. They got Sorry, to be more aerodynamic than no. me. You know what I'm saying? Like, they ain't got the bulldog head or nothing like that. Like that head just fades into the body like a fuselage on the plane. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just one, yeah. Like they built, like yeah. That's interesting. Was it, I don't know. People probably don't even remember this guy in 2020, but there was a guy named Ross Perot ran for president in like 1996. He was like a billionaire or whatever, third party candidate. Da 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 da. He had. A he used to have big ass ears. I mean, he his face was like this size. His ears was like the same size on each side of his head. You know what I'm saying? And so it basically looked like he had three heads. Like the left ear was looking at you, the right ear was looking at you, and then his face was looking at you frontward. Yeah, you know satellites. Literally, bro. Elephant ears. Yeah, man. I'm sure that's why he ran for president. He was like, I heard what y'all was saying about me. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of interesting though, like what happens to like like your billionaires, like or people like that who can ascend to these very high levels of achievement. Niggas had to. What was they gonna do? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, get bored. I think the rich get bored a lot, and that's why they're playing in the political game now. They've like done everything else. I'm telling you. Oh, so that that kind of reminds me of like the, the notion that once you get to a certain amount of money that you make, all right, eighty two thousand dollars a year, something like that, you can afford a boat. And if you can afford a boat, you can get a boat. You can get a sea do. You can afford to see you do it age $2,000 a year. Guess what happens when you're making $662,000 a year? The boat just gets bigger. The sea yeah. dude just gets cooler. Or you can get just more sea dudes. You get the yeah. top of the line one, but it's still a sea dude. Everyone yeah. has funds on sea dudes, no matter what kind of sea dude it might be. It's jet skiing. You, like, you know what I'm saying? And so the cars just get bigger. The cars just get faster. It's still a fucking car. I want to say that. This is interesting too, right? So I... um. Cause I'll look at niggas in a Bentley and they look the saddest. I see a, I'll, I'll see a bitch, I'll, bro. I'll see a bitch at a red light having a. They ain't get no pussy. Bro, That's what the problem is. I'll see a bitch. In they don't a, have I'll see a chick in a Honda Accord at a red light having the time of her fucking life. She's singing like she in the shower. Nothing else exists outside of that vehicle. That's why I love fat women. Because yeah. fat women, once they get over being fat, they love themselves and they're the happiest, most joyful people oh, to yeah, be you around. Can't tell them shit. Like, like, life is a party every day confidence be overflowing <laughs> you know what I'm okay. saying yeah like they got the best kind of energy like that yeah and I like to smoke weed and weed uh, goes into your fat cells so they be high as shit that shit be funny as hell yep you get know your fat saying? friends high y'all enjoy it it's a good time <laughs> <laughs> yeah like that shit's always baffling to me man like people will be in the flyers whips man and they be looking I'm like how do you look sad and, and in a fucking wraith, they be looking right. sad in that thing because they realize, man, my whole life I was trying to get this and this was the destination and this is it. 
nigga. Like, this is it. They didn't spend none of that time along their journey building joy. They were trying to get happy and find happiness. Which or is learning themselves. They didn't Let's get to learn real. themselves. And, and they them didn't meet no... Nerds back in the day. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the smart, cool nerds. I'm talking about them goofy nerds that had no swag, no confidence, no ability to talk to anybody. They couldn't talk to girls. They couldn't talk to guys. They didn't have no friends. And they thought, well, I'm going to just get rich. And then I'm going to get all the bitches. Man, bitches still don't like you. Yeah, like, man. It's like, the, like what Chris Rock said in Russia, but the girl don't like you. The girl don't <laughs> like you. The girl don't like I am here for the girl. The girl don't like you. The girl don't like you. <laughs> you you came all this way for nothing. Man, that's that's literally what it be. That's why they be sad at the Bentleys. They be like, I came all this way to for nothing. And meanwhile, when we was 18, 19, 20, 21, we smashing the same sisters that these 35, 40 year old guys that with their Bentleys is trying to recruit. And we're walking yeah, or driving. Niggas are still striking out. Like, nigga, I got two R's embroidered on my seat, nigga. Get in. That's why they, bro. I, I got a 94 Chevy Cavalier. I had a 94 Chevy Cavalier. I had an 88 Ford Escort. I had a 78 Honda Matic. So, bruh. I 89 no Thunderbird, but, bro. I had no choice but to be skillful, nigga. You feel me? <laughs> Lovable. You got to have more than just your money yeah. and your car yeah. when you're trying to pull. It's more primal than they give credit for, though. Like, yeah. the attraction of a, of a woman in the game is, I don't know how to say it better than that. It's just more primal. It's not a lot of thought. It, the thought is in, like, I'm attracted to you, so I'm about to make this move, and I'm just not going to be fucking weird. Think and that's the, the guy's problem. They're just fucking weird. Think, <laughs> like, think of the confidence level of a nigga trying to bag when he in a, an 88 Escort look like a turtle. You know what I'm saying? Like, versus the confidence level of a dude who has so much aesthetically working. So he's like, I got a Rolls Royce. They should just walk to me. <laughs> I should have to even look their that's way. That's the problem. That's the that's fucking the problem. problem. Because the chick on the primal level... Like, they'll get a bimbo here and there who's in the basic shit, but that's sh- super mm-hmm. short-lived. But they'll strike mm-hmm. out a whole lot more when they're after a real-ass chick who on a primal mm-hmm. level knows that they a bitch-ass nigga with actually mm-hmm. nothing to offer outside of mm-hmm. metal and plastic and cool things to have. Like, your weird-ass and your Rolls Royce or your Bentley probably sit at home lonely in your house every night, hey, and you want hey. me to come entertain you tonight, and you're going to be weird all night. Cold-ass marble floors. Yeah, yeah. You have your cold ass marble floors. You know what I'm saying? Only ass, like no. And they be ultra sad because they realize, wow, my whole life that I built, that I designed, had a had a uh, a bullshit foundation. It was a house of cards that I built. But, it's so but all the little for the weak ass niggas out here who don't know how to get a female. I'm gonna give you a little secret that all the real ones know since the age of two. Talk your shit. Smile and just make her laugh. Yeah. You smile, she smile. That's ninety eight percent of it done, bro. She out here like this. <laughs> then um, the rap, bro. I mean, perfect, perfect. You feel me? <laughs> yes. Like yes, that, that's it. That's it. I don't know what they be thinking, but you know what's funny though. Here's the caveat. All right, walk with me. Talk to him. Listeners, jot this shit down. Get your steno pads open. All right. Chicks do this shit too, though. How many of them, all of them, who they all want a funny guy? JC, look at me. They all want a <laughs> funny guy. They all want a nigga with a sense of humor. I'm going to ask you a question now, JC. 
How okay. many of these niggas are funny at all? How many of these niggas have a sense of humor whatsoever? No. It's a bunch of unfunny Bruh. ass niggas with girls, and they be unfunny. But maybe that's the thing too. We're circling back around to what art might be or not be per our criterion, which nah. might be heightened. They it's be, not funny, it, bro. It's a bunch of unfunny ass niggas with unfunny ass niggas. Is that what it is? She, she, doesn't, she doesn't have a sense of humor, but wants a nigga with one. And so since she doesn't have good taste, she finds this nigga to be funny and therefore they're together. Two unfunny ass niggas. She's laughing at his <laughs> terrible jokes. He ain't even throwing, he ain't even slanging jokes. She's just tee hee hee a ta ha ha, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It ain't got shit to do with comedy, truly. But that's the comedy. Yeah. That's what I think is fucking funny. That's yeah. crazy. Because yeah. the, think about it, they all want someone who is funny. But boy, are niggas unfunny? I'm talking about them belly laughs. <laughs> yeah. You gotta get laughing when she's looking at you like how are you making me laugh it's like hard this? to like, breathe i'm trying not to even show emotion around you but you got me cracking up i'm feeling all vulnerable and and i might have got a little mm, mm, on the inside of me so what's up you know what i'm saying we guys and some guys don't know but the ones who know what we talking about know when women laughing like that they give you this look it's over, it was, it's will, over. will smith it's say over. it's the i won't will look <laughs> like it's that look and you'd be like yeah i got you girl yeah. and honestly when you got them like that brothers you ain't even gotta do nothing else you basically oh. can choose at that point when you want to tap in you can like get them today, get them tomorrow. They're available because you made them laugh in a real way. You touched their soul. And they're like, they're going to be remembering that all week while they're at work, dealing with that bullshit. Or for the next month, when their girlfriend's getting on their nerves, when they arguing with their mama, when they arguing with their kids, they're going to be like, man, but that nigga that made me laugh like that. I wonder how he doing. It's, it's really so simple, bro. It's, it can all be so simple. It could all be so simple. The more you know, niggas. It could all be so simple, man. Man. Drake said that. (laughs) Well, Lawrence said it first, you feel me? Shout out out to Drake, too. You know, our Canadian brother from the north. His parents got away. His ancestors got away. (laughs) On some Game of Thrones shit. He's from the north. I mean, I'm from Detroit, but bro, Drake from more north than me. You feel me? Yeah, he's from north of the wall. Yeah, north of the wall. He's from where the dragons the come. Yep. <laughs> hey, but look, shout out to all the black Canadians who ancestors got all the way away. You feel me? Yo, they did get all the way up there. It's like, hey, man, nobody went up here. Well, good. I was the greatest Negroes in the world, bro. Yo, up in up. Canada. I'm telling Hanging you, like, there was a statistic, like a, um, like an infographic that shows kind of the the migrational pattern of um, slaves or escaped slaves or this, that, or, or newly freed freedmen's, um, uh-huh. they would, this, it's kind of a line. If you think about the, con- well, was, was, there was a concentration of black people and you could follow them basically in a line, like your major cities, Memphis, uh, Jacksonville, like Memphis, boo, 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 all the way up, Detroit, Chicago, uh-huh. and all the way up to, um, what's that joint? Across Vancouver, from Detroit, Toronto. Across from Detroit. Right across Detroit, Windsor. Windsor, right? So you have Windsor, Ontario. Like, it'd be concentrations of niggas in all of those pockets. So it's really, they try to get all the way to Canada, settled along the way. Yeah. If they're going in a straight line, 
not the straightest of yeah. lines, right? But per, but you know, part of the terrain as direct as they can get, as north as they can like, go. It was getting colder as they kept going north. Yeah, Negro, so started, like, uh, I'm, I'm gonna stop yeah. here if it's just gonna get worse. <laughs> yeah, like if it's just gonna get worse from here, it's cold now. You had to make it to Canada in the summertime, or you probably would have turned around. Like, yeah, you know what, you know, uh, let's do this. Let's do Michigan. Might be okay. We are gonna check let's out Michigan. Settle here. Let's do the. Let's do Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's what I'm yeah. But I know when I went to visit Canada, I was 19 years old because, you know, Canada had drinking laws at 19 long before America. They, I think it's still 19, but I don't know exactly. Right. But so I'm 19. I can go over there and drink, even though I couldn't drink legally in Detroit. You can drive to Canada before all this terrorist stuff real easy. I mean, you literally just pay two dollars and drive across. You didn't need a passport or nothing back in the day. Mm. So. You know, we, I drive over there with a few friends. We hit the casino. We doing our thing. We drinking. We turning up. As we leaving across the, and we make it across the bridge or whatever, the Ambassador Bridge, the uh, the Canadian officer, he's like, so what are you doing? I'm like, hey, we just going to go celebrate my birthday, whatever. He said, you should stay a while. I mean, we're going to stay for the night, and then we're going to head back. He said, you know, it's a much better country. Like, hey, hey, don't be talking about my uh. You know, you know how you defend niggas like that, that you know be doing wrong, but it's like they yo niggas though. <laughs> and that's like, what it hey, felt be, like. Don't be talking about my oppressor, bro. I was kind of like, hey, hey, mind your business, nigga. Don't worry about what we got going on in America. We all right, we you know. What it out, nigga. Damn, man. Yeah, you know we what figuring this shit out. We growing, but, but every time I go to Canada, though, the officers say that shit, and I'd be like. What are y'all trying to recruit Negroes to your country? Like, you should stay a while. You know it's a better country. Like it's like I'm flattered, but hey, mind your fucking business. Hey, here, but here, Can- Canadians, if you really, if you really want to get black people from this country to move over there and turn y'all the fuck up, because you know we are recruiting y'all black people, but that's why we got Drake and others. Um, but if you want to get us some back over there, every time we come to visit, give us a pound of gold, literally just a brick. Just a brick of gold and tell us it's a better country and then tell us to stay a while. I promise you we'll start settling in your country. I promise. From all over. You'll get Negroes from Miami to Maine. <laughs> so that's where Everton's family is. Yo, St. Saint Augustine had the same kind of deal. Remember, that was a Spanish colony during, uh, you know, way back in the day when there was mad slaves here. So St. Augustine in Florida was I want to say it was like 1915 something like that it was, it was a while back but they were still technically a Spanish colony it was Spain so mm-hmm. that was the only part of America where niggas could actually be free so mm-hmm. they let motherfuckers know so David Walker started sewing messages into jeans cause he used to um I don't know if he worked for a blue jean factory or something but he used to sew messages into pants and then mail those off and that's how he you, he uh, communicated. Those were his tweets. He wow. was, he was tweeting the niggas with blue jeans. <laughs> <laughs> with blue jeans. The blue jeans knows. How, how not quite instant that messenger is. <laughs> so, yeah. so he was... Uh, Look, really having, he was the one who created all the cute, cute folds as he was putting them in the jeans. Well, he was talking to Nat Turner and like people like that. And they were like, oh, like that's how mm. they kept the movement going. You know, you can just you know send off a tweet, cancel that nigga. And then it's over for that nigga. Right yeah. before anyone knows the facts at all, but yeah. 
that was that version of that. Cancel the slavery shit, and it, it just took a while. But that's how they <laughs> that's how they coordinated. That's, way, right. that's how they coordinated. Yeah, and that's how they started murdering people along the way and headed south to Saint Augustine. They got David, obviously, but they were all trying to get to Saint Augustine, um, and that's how the Stono Rebellion came about. You know, things like that. So that's when they started heading south. Niggas from South Carolina, you know, like the Gula and the Geechee, people from uh, wherever they were. They started heading south to St. Augustine because um, I can't remember who, what kind of figurehead in St. Augustine sent that message or how David got it, but they were headed there. Places like mm. that, just headed mm -hmm. to Spain <laughs> mm. in America. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Hey, shout out to Trevante for knowing the history of migration patterns for black people south and north throughout the slave systems that was created in this country. Thank you. Thank you. It's, you know, some, like, some shit just kind of sticks because it's like, that's like literally, like your migration pattern, like that's a really specific bit of information. You know, like, yeah. we're not birds and shit, but it's like we definitely, right. inf like infographically, like there are black people everywhere in this cosmos, but... Here in particular in America, it was like, oh, that's why it makes sense why just we are where we are or were where we were, you know. Right. No, for real. Line. Because we went, I know my family were slaves in Alabama for sure. And so that's where a lot of our family, our Roe family name. Mo Mobile. Yeah. Birmingham. Exactly. Yeah. It's a lot exactly. of blacks there. Like that's where all your damn college football team juggernauts be. California too, but. You know, it's because they got summer perpetually. Yeah. So niggas are always that's outside. like our home, basically. Like I can, I go to Alabama and I can still feel this deep resignation there when I'm there, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but then my family migrated to Detroit, right? But then I found out when one of my great aunties died, we were like going through our house, going through all this stuff, and we found the obituary for my great grandfather, J.C. Cody Rowe the first who actually died and funeral was in Louisville, Kentucky. Whereas where I went to school, 50 years after he died, had no idea that I was even connected. But like you said, it's that straight line. Like Louisville is four hours from Alabama straight, and then it's six hours from Detroit straight. And so, you know, Negroes were literally doing business, had families, probably had multiple families. Um, in a lot had of multiple families. <laughs> In a lot of these cities, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's very interesting. And then we started going west in what, like the 1940s? Like people started moving west with the war and the steel movement and settling out here in like Richmond, LA, Oakland, um, and really working a lot of the, the port jobs and the steel jobs. And, yeah. Um, the same jobs we were working on the East Coast, basically. Because that was kind of Back like the industrial revolution and all that stuff when they started assembly lines started popping up and you got like you started mass producing shit yeah yep and then that's when yeah. your business like your mom and pops began to become corporations and that's how capitalism mm -hmm. really started to take root and explode into what we have today niggas talking you know I'd, I'd, I'd argue that a little bit i'd say that mom and pop shops always were our mom and pop shops mm. it's, they're it's, it's rare. Uh, it's like a blue star falling that we see one go from a mom and pop shop to IPO, right? It's public on the Wall Street market. White Castle. Um, <laughs> right, well, and God bless them, right? The first White Castle was actually in Louisville, Kentucky. Mickey D's. 
You know what I'm saying? Well, Mickey D's was a stolen idea where the originals are still a mom and pop shop. But oh, you know what I'm I saying? And, and using that actually is where I was going, mm-hmm. where most of the big corporations that we know and some of the small ones that have been able to feed off of the profit margins of the big corporations being the Wall Street mm-hmm. uh, came from slavery, right? Like Lehman Brothers was literally like, cotton plantations in like Mississippi. And then it was one of the biggest Wall Street uh, corporations for about a hundred years. It crashed during the recession or whatever. And I, I think I don't think they're in existence anymore. You think that their past caught up with them? You think that that might have happened? I mean, <laughs> the home to roost type, right? Yeah. Do you think that the chickens have come home to roost or something? Man. But so that's that's where like the biggest corporations were, right? And the biggest corporations come from Wall Street spinoffs, right? Things that Wall Street can, kind of things that there you go, things that Wall Street can can uh, fund and funnel money to and through, whether science, research, universities, um, and other businesses, like and war business, right? So like so. Our biggest corporations in this country, right? If you got a government contract, you're huge, right? If you got a government contract with the government, General you can go electric. from yeah, zero to a billion in a second. G&E. Literally. Yep. Right. Any, 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 any people who have war contracts with the federal government, whether you're cleaning the toilets or you're supplying the weapons, Lucky. they're making. Right. Which started in Burbank, I want to say. I didn't know this, man. But someone who grew up in Burbank can tell you about the real history of California. And they put mm-hmm. me on. I was like, whoa. That also but, and it was a wartime company. Yes. Yeah, it's always been a wartime company. You know what I'm saying? And then it explains why Burbank, California is this tiny city, but it's its own conservative pocket within a very liberal place. And it has... a. Burbank specifically has thousands and thousands of stores on top of stores yeah. concentrated yeah. in one little area just to serve Burbank. Just to serve Burbank. Right. Burbank and Burbank. Again, that's that spinoff effect, right? So capitalism in our country, we see it as like the big money, government and, and, and corporate Wall Street, right? Which some of that came from slavery, spin off into these other corporations that spin off into these conclaves of wealth mm-hmm. throughout our country. You know what I'm saying? And that's so bro. that's, yeah, that's, so that's, yeah. So everybody don't have that. So some places are just like, you know, small factory towns, they get to live off of that. But then some places are, are basically Wall Street towns or government towns, even though they might not be like a military post, you know what I'm saying? But if your city is thriving off of companies with government contracts, you're a government town. You know, it's interesting that point. All right. So to that point as well, I think a lot of these towns and these cities, you know, like the kind of town where everyone works for the same fucking company, basically those Mm -hmm. whole towns only exist to serve a greater, like a greater city, metropolis, municipality where like the prisons. Yeah. Like the prisons. So where the actual corporation and the people who benefit and work there at HQ and -hmm. everyone in their nice neighborhoods, they get to benefit from that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So they extracted the minds and the brains from those towns. And that town mm-hmm. is just a cog, like a real small cog or mm-hmm. a nut or a bolt of that machine versus the capac- the flux capacitor or whatever, which has a larger role and therefore commands a larger sum of resources. And therefore those people do better 
like in their individual lives as well and their communities are nicer because of the larger more impactful role they're a different part of the machine you right they're not the um they're not the um, the gasket they're not necessarily everyone else is the lubricant so that it runs smoothly but they're mm-hmm. not the brain they're not the processor or anything like that you know what i'm saying and a processor for a computer that costs more you got to pay more to get it. You got to earn more money to make enough money to get something like that. Therefore, that thing itself, the people that make shit like that, they command more. They get more, right? The amount of work that is necessary to keep that shit going is more. But, yeah, it's interesting. Just like the prison industrial complex, right? So mm-hmm. they funnel the minds, the young, beautiful minds of the um, the children of the metropolises, though. It's reversed, so mm-hmm. they extract niggas from Chicago itself. They send that nigga to Tuscaloosa. They send that nigga to wherever that that state pen is, which is in some podunk town that has no other industry itself. It wouldn't right. even exist for real outside of the diner that niggas who mm-hmm. are traveling across the country stop at. Me, you, right. we've done it. Right. Um, right. That's how they that. exist. It's really tourism. Right. right, or whatever kind of local local things, handyman type right. things that they right. have going on in those towns. But That's it's really bad. everyone right. else's work. Everyone there's working at the steel mill. Everyone there's working at the the um, the correctional facility because there's tons of jobs there. It's a lot of jobs right. at every level. And then you got you, like you could have the bell bondsman. So we've been and they're paid for by the government, yep. providing like thirty to forty thousand dollars per inmate mm-hmm. that basically fund the existence of this whole dunk town. Yeah. Like they need slaves. They yeah. need yeah. city folk who got yeah. swept away by mass incarceration and then right. they get funneled through a tube and sent to those countries as slavery. Yes, like, because according to the Thirteenth Amendment, once you go to prison in America, you, you have all your rights stripped from yeah, like you. A slave. You're a slave, yeah, yeah. like a slave. You know what I'm saying? It's just like blood transports your hemoglobin, which takes the oxygen to the muscles and all that shit. Yeah. Well, the life's blood of American towns like that are black people, are yeah. brown people. Yeah. People need to are understand the slaves that. of the prison system. Yes, you have niggas to thank. Yeah, and the corporations that are on Wall Street that are making the money are also getting government funding. So that's not the same as me and you selling if we became the Monkey D. Trevante Jazzy Comedy Show hip hop album and we need to sell a billion records to become billionaires type. Nah, they got a government contract that's providing millions and billions already and then they get investment on top of that. That's that's a heavy game that makes it hard for any regular person. Joe Rogan couldn't compete with that, and he got hundreds of millions of dollars through creative producing. You know what I'm saying? Product development type. And you can't beat the corporations that have this government slave money. Like that always wins. That's the house in the casino. The house always wins. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Like I mean, just think about it. Jay Z got money. He got big money. Jay Z and Beyonce got big money. Rihanna got big money. That's like one contract with the government. If you got a prison, or if you're in war with the government, if you're supplying weapons for war, that might be six months of a contract. Jay Z whole fucking portfolio. Mm. Jay Z whole life is six months of a government contract. If you helping the government war 
or two years or four years, whatever, it's less than a life. It don't take them 50 years to make a billion dollars through the government contracts. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And so from that perspective, it's like they lose that kind of money and don't know how to just recover it. Like they've lost that much money before. They've lost hundreds of millions. You know what I'm saying? They know where it went. (laughs) They lose money all the time. And keep, keep it moving. moving. Another government contract. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so, like, that whole idea that, oh, okay, I can create a mom and pop shop and I'm going to go from, what what they say on, uh, what was that Eddie Murphy movie, Coming to America? He was like, you know, I started off uh, on floors and now I'm on fries. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> from I, Hey, from Ashy <laughs> to Classy. You feel me? The idea that you can go from, yeah, I, I got a mom and pop shop and then I developed into a regional corporation and then that went into IPO and we went public and I did that based on hard work. Like, I don't even want to say it's a dream. I just think it's a game. It's like a game set up for losing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think people get lucky to have networks and they get, and then there's some real talent that just can't be denied in this country. Or winning if you are aware of the fact that there is a game to be played because then you can just oh so there there's the remote well, i'm gonna just pick up player one and i'm gonna play and i'm gonna yeah. win way more than i lose like you're gonna take your l's that's life right so but i'm gonna win because i know that there's a game if you're unaware then you're just one of the characters on on the fucking thing and you're getting controlled by the motherfucker who's aware and fully aware that it's a game and you're a part of theirs well, I think maybe we have to think more differently than as, as as black people, right? Like Michael Jordan, don't he own the prison? He probably I do. Feel like, it's not, I, think, I mean, it seems like a Michael Jordan thing to... to <laughs> I don't know if only a prison is know. bad or that it seems like something you do is worse. Like, which one is worse? To actually own the prison <laughs> or to be like, yeah, that nigga probably owned the prison. <laughs> Yo, that's a good-ass question, JC, and I don't even have the answer. <laughs> I ain't got the answer. Michael Jordan... We got to work on your public image, bro. You was the most loved man in the world at one point. He comes right out of a comic book. He comes right out of a comic book, man. So, but that's, but I think I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to put that on him, but man, shit, I don't know. Let's look. I got the internet in front of me. Hang on. Yeah, let's see. If he do, because I thought I remember reading or hearing that he owned the prison, but it's like. That'll be hilarious and fucked up. That's a bump builder, right? That's it probably is. made up. Stupid fucking rich beyond even playing basketball in the NBA and being the best player in the world. You know what I'm saying? Um, now, what he do with that money, obviously, it's his prerogative, as Bobby Brown says. Shout out to Bobby Brown. Um, so it says, Michael, I've, I've typed in Michael Jordan owns a P so far, and prison has not popped up, so I'm looking forward to hitting enter. Hopefully nothing. All right. Uh, the truth behind Michael Jordan's private prison investment. Uh, let's look at fact checked. I like how that looks. Us twenty eighteen. Let's see. All right. We are using Google We're in using the twenty twenty. We do not have to speculate. We can figure out at least let the internet speculate for us All and right. see what this so fam, the source is earthnecklace dot earth no earn the necklace dot com. That's a strange name for anything. Earn the necklace Fact checked, all bold, so you know it's true. Uh, legendary basketball player Michael Jordan owns prisons. Okay. Now uh, the claim is this urbanintellectuals.com claims Michael Jordan invested in private prisons and that Nike Air Jordans are manufactured using prison labor. Rating 
False. Origin. This is where it came from, listeners. Okay, that's two parts. The whole thing is false? Because he can own prisons and not have them manufacturing shoes. He can have manufacturing shoes and not own the prisons. I agree. So we can poke holes in that in just a second. So right now it says false. So this might be indicative of what kind of site I'm on. Um, here's the origin. A report by uh, urbanintellectuals.com, already a, a red flag, claims that Michael Jordan makes prison investments. According to the report, the legendary basketball players Nike Air Jordans were manufactured by prison labor. Exclamation point. Did Michael Jordan invest in prisons? EarnTheNecklace.com is here to explain the claims about Michael Jordan's prisons dealings. And they said prisons dealings. Damn, it's not repeating the same words in your writing. EarnTheNecklace.com. Dang, journalism, man. It's, Bro, it's law. Listen to all these S's at the end of the sentence, though. <laughs> explain the claims about Michael Jordan's prisons dealings. <laughs> okay, Ekans. This was not written by an educated person. I got let's see what out of here. All right, you want to keep going? <laughs> All right, I mean, we're here now. We're Sorry, listener. Earnthenecklace.com. You're getting some love or uh, not. In 2014, <laughs> urbanintellectuals.com published a piece called Michael Jordan, the Nike, Pris- uh, the Nike Prison Industrial Complex Connection. Okay, wordy. Why would you, wordy, wordy. The article hey. alleges that Michael Jordan has investments in the prison. You said this already, nigga. Seven okay, times. Okay, they don't know. Back, they don't know. Are we out of here? Are we getting the fuck yeah. out of here? That hurt. Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan I, we need you to contact the Jazzy Comedy Show and Monkey D. Trevante and let us know if you've invested in private prisons. We're not here to judge. We just want to know. Also, if you have. I am sorry. I, I'm apologizing now. <laughs> that was some bullshit. It's okay. My only thought is, if he has invested, how has that worked for him financially? And is there a way that other black people should be investing? Or is that even a terrible thought to have? Well, here's here's businessinsider.com. That's, I mean, that's, that's known. That's a known site, right? You've heard of Business Insider. Business Insider, yeah. I think they're pretty reputable. They're like BB, right? Okay, these guys are reputable. Okay, let's see what the fuck. So this is explaining how he spends his $1.6 billion and how he makes it. Okay, I'm just scrolling here, and I don't see anything about prisons. I'm out of here, bro. This nigga don't own no jails. Well, that's great. All right, well, shout out to Michael Jordan for not owning prisons. I did hear he invested uh, some millions into a, like, children's hospital or something, so. Okay, hey. and shout out to him for doing that. I think that that's where he would rather spend his billions than on Putting, you know, niggas like him in jail. Although, eh, the shoes. It's a thought, right? Like, what would happen if, like, Jay-Z and Eddie Murphy owned a prison together? Like, a private prison in California. They're getting state and federal funding. Like. There's just so many other things to it. There's just so many other things to just put your money into. And that'll yield you a lot of money, man. And, and, and. that would yield you a lot of money. And you can't spend all of that and. One lifetime. We don't. We're not sea turtles, or Galapagos tortoises. We don't live that fucking long, man. So, so, but prison contracts. A lot of times, I remember reading about them in Kentucky. They'll build the prison for you. They'll pay for the brick and mortar, and then they'll pay for the per prisoner to fill it up. And you know they're gonna fill it up. So what I'm asking you is this. So this is kind of what I'm kind of circling around to. All right, we live here with a finite time, and we come from the struck, the struggle and strife. And subjugation that we come from. When you get dough, 
that you've never had before, which probably happened at the two million mark. Hell, the one thousand dollar mark. Hell, the one hundred seventy two thousand dollar a year mark. Hell, a ninety one thousand dollar a year mark. The fifty four thousand dollar mark. You the was fifty four thousand like, wow. dollar a year mark. Right. All of that is a wow. So I'm saying to you, if this nigga made a billion dollars at all, or seven hundred million dollars, at or a hundred ninety two million dollars at all. That's more than he can possibly spend. Like you got to find what a yacht only costs so much. You know what I'm saying? As well. Yo, that's that's, Jeff Bezos, bro. He done made like 25 billion like in the last quarter, bro. But what I'm saying, or what I'm asking you is this: What would uh, compel someone to even? They can invest in all kinds of cool shit, especially tech, especially like an app or something, right? A startup or something that's gonna once it becomes an IPO, if it does, it's gonna yield billions billions right do you need right. to invest in the prison is, i mean i'm kind of like yeah. <laughs> i'm like okay so check it all right so if if i have like the jazzy comedy show prison i know fuck y'all because y'all think it's a fucked up idea but hear me out it's give me terrible. two minutes right let's say i create this prison the state build it for me they pay me thirty thousand dollars per head i get a thousand heads right that's like how many millions is that, bro? That's a lot. That's like thirty million. Yeah. So I'm getting thirty million dollars a year off top to ed- to house a thousand people. Mm-hmm. Now legally, because I'm in America, they my slaves. I can get AT and T contracts. I can get cell phone contracts. I can make these niggas do whatever I want them to do and pay them pennies on the dollar, right? But I could also, if I wanted to appropriate the money that they would have earned, even though I'm paying them maybe a dollar a day or whatever, maybe they earning 120 hours a day. And I'm sending that to their families for the work that they doing, right? Directly. They can put a beneficiary, sign some paperwork, say all the work I do in the prison, the value of the money I'm supposed to get, I wanted to go to my son Charles or my mama, you know, Lucy, or, you know what I'm saying? My brother Louise, whatever. Who I don't know. It's my prison, though. I can do what the fuck I want. If I'm not super greedy with it, I'm already getting paid to run these niggas. Hold up, nigga. Could- this nigga's name is Louise. Not even Luis. Is it Spanish Luis or Louise, which is a chick's name from, like, the 60s or something or the fucking 50s with Marsha. Oh, no, I ain't met the nigga. I just made him up. This nigga's name is Louise. <laughs> <Hey>. Louise. <laughs> okay. Look, you were saying? They, they called him Louis. I don't know. But... So I could potentially have this money going to whoever I want, right? At the same time, I could be doing whatever I want with these prisoners. So I can educate them. I can entertain them. I can bring in skillful technicians on different shit. To, you know what I'm saying? I can do, what's that thing that they say that they do in prison? Uh, what's rape. the word? It's like an R word. Rehabilitate? He said rape. He's, oh. This nigga said rape. This right. nigga said rape. Or this this uh, podcast is officially rated R. This nigga said rape. <laughs> Dog. You said an R word, and I'm a comedy person. You can't do that, nigga. I'm like, what does the, what do they say they do for prisoners when they put them in prison? He said rape. <laughs> That's also true, true, nigga. But I don't think they say it. I don't think they be like, hey, nigga, you know what's about to happen. You don't think the niggas do that to niggas? Now you know what's about to happen. Well, yeah, I know. I guess I'll assume the position. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a part of the whole culture, ain't it? 
It's a, yeah, but I'm talking about like the government, the uh, warden. Okay. They're not welcoming you to prison. Like, all right, so we're here to uh, what's that R word? Rape you. It's like, hold up, what? Okay. It's gonna happen, but you ain't gotta say it. That's all I'm saying. You ain't got to do it like that. I got you. I Theoretically, you. they put them in prison to rehabilitate them. Oh, okay. I didn't know. So I'm saying. So they correct if, niggas at correctional facilities, and they come out correct. I mean. Not in actuality. That's the name of my show. <laughs> they correct me. No, <laughs> no, I mean. <laughs> I mean. Like, they they should be rehabilitating niggas, but they not. Because I think they're getting too much money and they like the money. But I'm saying, you you were saying, like, Jordan already got cool, cooler stuff to invest in. But I'm like, this could be a campus that's investing in people. That you still making millions off of, mm-hmm. and then you're working to rehabilitate and get these niggas some type of skills, lawyers, whatever. That I don't know. It, go, ahead. go ahead. That was uh-huh. advocate. Um, what if you were someone like Michael Jordan, who has a brand that is so legendary and highly heralded and respected in the black community that? Niggas are just delete niggas from this whole plane of existence to get a pair of them. They be shooting niggas in line out like it, it like it's ridiculous. And then little is heard of you about that kind of phenomena. Like you don't go, you don't do the bare minimum, which is at least like, hey y'all, it ain't that serious. How about you cut that shit out? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? At least. <laughs> And that ain't super deep. Like Michael Jordan, that's a really easy thing you it's can do. It's an easy real. thing to do, at least. We've never heard it before. Hey, niggas, shut out on the killing over them shoes, bro. That's stupid. Yeah, like, come on. It ain't that serious. I'll knock $10 off. I mean, y'all niggas those... look weak as fucking broke as fuck trying to shoot niggas over a pair of Jordans. Yeah, like, get rid of this famine mentality, niggas. Like, it's not that serious. I didn't get to where I got, but murdering niggas to get there. You know what real, I'm saying? Get rid of the feminine mentality. Hey, that's real, real. Yeah, like get like like seriously, like you're you're always going to be poor because your mind is poor. You think poor, you act poor, you move like a poor man. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like you'll it's never elevate yourself seriously. if you're willing to murder someone over some leather, pieces of cow strapped around your fucking feet. Because that's what my shoes are, rubber yeah. and cow pieces. Pieces of cow. Shout out yeah. to cows. Shout out to leather. I like both. And plastic, no. They just, As well. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not truly a valuable thing. Relative. This is how we evaluated it. But since you have no value of yourself and your people, you're willing to subtract the nigga over some stuff that we just assigned the number to, the way that we right. did diamonds. Although those you are plentiful. you can get a Goodwill, they got Jordans and Goodwills all over California, bro. Check them out. They're like 60 bucks, bro. Go find some retro 12s and shut the fuck up. No, I want to kill someone over some ones that I'm just not trying to spend $200 for. <laughs> y'all niggas are strange. Right. And then then, then that nigga's strange for at least not going, hey, y'all, uh, cut it out. Maybe relax. Work hard. And then it won't be a big deal to order some J's for 180 bucks. You know what I'm saying? Right. I shouldn't necessarily, as a capitalist, have to just completely chop my whole shit in half so that... Lazy ass niggas, if they're lazy and don't want to work too hard, they want to charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they should be able to charge. Like what they want to charge, it costs what they cost. You need to do what you need to do to be able to get those, or you rocking fucking uh, 
the Dada Supremes until shit gets better, nigga. Like, you better go get you some Reeboks and call it a go day, get bro. Some Reeboks, that's humble cool. yourself and just get some regular Hirachis. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, sure. get your bags, man. Like, have that kind of mentality, a feast mentality. Get out there and eat. Because yeah. if you eat, you can damn sure get some J's. And no protect problem. your feet from a health perspective more yeah, than like a, that's important. what they look like. You know what I'm saying? Just, like people, especially as we get older, like, you know what I'm saying? You should be rocking shoes that's good for your feet because you're standing on them all day, rocking on them. Some rock ports and <laughs> some shit. Oh, you know what, what I'm saying? Dr. Shows, I don't know, yeah, but something. If, hey, if the nigga Dr. Show had a shoe, boy, I bet you'd be walking on cumulus clouds, bro. Bruh, that would be the fucking uh, motto, bro. Dr. Shows. Walk on cumulus clouds. You know what? Puma doesn't sponsor this show, and I wish that they fucking did. Yo, shout out to Puma, 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 Puma. I mean, <laughs> pod at gmail.com. Uncle D. Gervonti on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. You know what I'm saying? Highlighter, bro. Um, but it's like walking on some clouds, man. Like, like yeah. really, like they got it nailed. Yeah, they really got it down. Yeah. yeah. They should yeah. have some shit. Yeah. That would like, be something Michael Jordan should invest in. The Dr. Show Jordan. So you ain't got to put the Dr. Show insert in that bitch. It's like, no, the shoe's designed to be cozy as fuck, but also. The whole shoe you know, was a Dr. Show. Bro. Yeah, the whole shoe was a Dr. Show's. The niggas would step on your Jordan and they'd be like, excuse me, but wow. That feels well, good to my You know, when they're using like fly nets and shit now, too. You know what I'm saying? And that's like wearing, uh, I don't know, like, like your foot's an outfit. <laughs> it's just cozy. It's like wearing yeah. a sock. It's like walking around, it, you know, in your socks, but you can train with these. That's dope. You know, you can run in these, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. But, so, yeah, so, okay. you know, it's plenty of dope-ass shoes outside of the J's. Work hard. Just like I'm not, I, I don't have a Fendi anything, and I, you know, that's not me anyway. I'm not buying super expensive bags because that's not me anyway. But if I could afford them, I would just buy other cool shit. With that money. Or if I actually wanted that, I know how much it costs. I know how much a TV costs. I'm just saving. I'm just squaring my ducats away and working and getting my bags in a way that's going to allow me to get that one day. That's that's it. Same thing with shoes. So so tie back to the prison thought, right? Where him owning the prison or the. Oh, yes. All right. So my question simply was is he the kind of motherfucker that would arrive at your conclusion or the way that you would do something? No. Probably not. No, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know the nigga personally. You know what I'm but saying? But if he's the kind of guy that when he's watching his people destroy themselves and each other over some bullshit, sh- some shoes, and he just mums the word, son, like, I, so, I, so I'm doing this. So, so pick another guy. Pick another guy. Tyler Perry. It would have to be another guy. Because I don't pick think another he's guy. the guy. I'm just thinking that that is a different type of investment that black people haven't necessarily tapped into mm-hmm. but we might as well because oh, and make actual correctional much, facilities yeah and we're just as much in the prison system as we are in the nba Ooh, it's like we're right. trying to crack the nba i see might as well start cracking the so, so you're saying if niggas were owned in prisons and niggas get funneled into prisons because who committed actual crimes maybe actually caught bodies no nigga you going to jail son period right. you're going to fucking jail so if they go to jail they can come out better than they went in because they actually got the rehabilitation. They actually got the education that probably helped facilitate some of the, the cycle of poverty that happens when you have nowhere else, you feel you have nowhere else to go. And so you, you did it the ski mask way and you got caught up and maybe you did catch your body. Maybe you're just defending yourself, but still it's illegal, nigga. You can't be murdering people, but you did. And that's against the rules. You're going to fucking jail for a little bit. That did happen. 
and they do go to jail, you are actually helping um, repair the frayed um, fabrics of our society. You are That's making the lesser of us better so that they can be just like saying. us. I, now I understand what you're getting at. So a Tyler Perry, at. yeah, and a Tyler Perry who already owned a campus in Atlanta can own a prison campus because it's still a campus. It's like a college campus or a military base. It's a campus and have levels to that shit. And that Negro particularly is smart enough to figure all that shit out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. On the different levels of rehabilitation, how to talk to him from the spirit to the mind to the emotion. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he already was trying to do that with just niggas in the audience during his plays. You know, in the, the every Tyler Perry play was 20 minutes of him, him preaching on his uh, Eddie Long shit or something. You yo, know what I'm saying? Yo, it's like Captain Planet every morning when he's showing niggas how to mop up the antifreeze from the driveway because deer like the taste. You feel me? Those teachable moments. Yeah. That was Tyler Perry. Can, let's do a music break for 45 seconds. Let's do that. Let's All right. See. We'll be right back to finish this prison part of the Jazzy Comedy Show and the I Mean Show with Monkey D. Trevante. We merge these podcasts together, and it is great. For those of you who are just turned, tuning in, we hope you all have enjoyed it, and we hope that you will stay with us. And take this moment to like, subscribe, and share the Jazzy Comedy Show available on all platforms on all platforms, the Jazzy Comedy Show, subscribe, like, take this time to do so. And if you, if you don't remember the name, Jazzy Comedy Show, bitch. You're damn right. We'll be back, fam. I'm going to take a little break. Enjoy the tune. Still bumming RNG. Yeah. In the Mike Jack, Supreme Money. You smoke it with me, oh. Yeah. You smoke it with me, oh. Yeah. They turn me up. Mm. Shawty got big on me. My city, bitch. Shawty got big on me. This my city, bitch. Shawty got big on me. I'ma let her tell it. Like a ghetto bird. Uh, you was talking big shit. I was smoking with them, big bumping nerd. Uh. Fun for my baby. Yeah. If you hate me now, then let me. Hollywood alone, me and thirsty. Yeah. I hope 12 don't burn me. Cause you got me riding in a hearse. With my window you down, up in her. You can't. Hey, fam, also take this time to like, subscribe, share, show the love to Monkey D. Trevanti. That would be me. My podcast is called I Mean. That's I M E Triple A N. Available on all platforms, as you know. 
Monkey D. Trevante on Twitter. Monkey D. Trevante on IG. I'm there the most. And Monkey D. Trevante on Twitch. I stream things. And also get on imeanpod at gmail.com for any inquiries, content, submissions, things like that. No bullshit, though. You know how we roll. Also, if you want to know what the fuck I'm playing, because, man, listen. We're back. What's good? What's good? Check out I Mean on all platforms, Monkey D. Trevanti, and check out the Jazzy Comedy Show on Instagram, thejazzycomedyshow.com. And we are also podcasted on all platforms, pending on Amazon, iTunes, and Pandora right now because. They have a much slower process, but God bless you all. I hope they figure it out in the pandemic. Like the ones who are much smaller than them. Now. <laughs> oh, shots fired. So let's continue back with this prison conversation and let us know. Let, I'm trying to get this live connected. Okay, cool. Instagram has been tripping lately on my account. I don't know what's going on. You know, they, they blackball people in secret all the time. Yo, they be shadow banning the shit out of cats. Like, oh, no, oh, oh, what, you can't find me? You can't find me at all? No, 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 man, I can't. Watch, like, watch me do it. I'm a search. Damn, I don't yeah. come up. <laughs> no, stop Instagram. It, that is not working. So, whatever. We're going to get back to this conversation that rehabilitation, right? I'm thinking about it from the perspective of having a campus and what does that mean, right? So what does it mean to be able to be Eddie Murphy, be Jay-Z, be uh, maybe not Oprah, even though she can afford it, uh, maybe Rihanna, right? Like, um, but be in this financial form of power and use that as a form of investment. Because we know once you get so much money, you got to invest that shit anyway. Right? If you just sit we can't invest. spend it all. Yeah, exactly. Like Not you the niggas to- that we're talking about. They can't spend it all. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's like you make these investments. They're going to pay dividends because the government is the ones paying you. But now, instead of the owner of the prisons being a bunch of nobody investors that may may not care about these people at all, mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. It, and they can bring, go in I, on a prison. It, like, it doesn't have to be left up to one motherfucker's pockets exactly. you can save money exactly. if you just put a little bit you chip you know a few hundred uh million in there or a hundred like million a yeah like a syndicate we're gonna team up and we're gonna send a lot of niggas who get in trouble there they're gonna get um fixed up some if it's salvageable if they're salvageable as humans if they're salvageable, yeah if not they go it's gonna stay where the fuck they at it'd be like that sometimes if they but, not yeah i would say we just send them to texas be like hey bro good luck or mississippi yeah, <laughs> test me so mad. Like, damn, man. <laughs> we need a cool place for motherfuckers to be able to go. You know, but right, yeah. I'm just saying from a prison perspective. Oh, that yeah. Because they got I heard space. I want to be in prison in Texas or Mississippi. You shouldn't want to be in prison, period. Yeah, but. you shouldn't want to be in prison anywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a decent <laughs> decent goal for everyone in life. Yeah, to avoid <laughs> that one. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get through 1-1 in the Mushroom Kingdom, son. You know what I'm saying? I got to get to that Princess Peach, son. 
I gotta get to Look, that. These cast. young people don't even know what you're talking about, bro. They don't know nothing about those Super Mario worlds. Who, who don't? You Man. crazy? Man. Man. Ain't talking to no 14 year olds who've not any, you know, ain't ain't experienced a thing. I don't en- I don't envy them at all. We had you we grew up with the coolest you shit. You have to go to a 14 year old to see somebody who don't remember the 90s, but a 25 year old was born in 95. They don't know shit. Damn that. Shout out to all you dumbass 25 year olds that are listening to the Jazzy Comedy Show. I mean show. We love you, but you Negroes and Negrets don't know shit. And their memories <laughs> is trash too. Like cuz shit was happening, they don't remember none of it. They don't remember none of it. They slept walk. 9-11 was kind of like, uh, oh, yeah, that did happen, right? Like, they slept walk through their entire life, uh, all the right. way until now. And now, and now right. they're so fixated on being cool. Information ain't dope. Facts ain't, facts ain't right. You know what I'm saying? Facts ain't cool. Information ain't dope. Communication ain't cool. So right, talk to a 25-year-old. They think <laughs> that the world we live in now with apps have been in ex- existence for the last 20 years. Years. No, that shit just happened. Them, like, For real. That shit, shit, when you was like 18, maybe six, seven years ago, that's when that shit tapped in. You on, know what I'm like saying? That's on a temporal time apps. frame? Yeah, like cell phones. Like, we remember life before that shit. You and I do. We remember life uh, before cordless phones. That's what make millennials dope. Millennials remember everything, right? We're like those... We're those weird griots. We had the grandmas with the phone. I remember the roadie. Yeah, the fucking rotary phone. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Them giant ass fucking cell phones. You feel me? Yeah. Like millennials was we we was playing outside. Bro, I don't see kids playing outside basketball ever. I don't see children. I should (laughs) that sounded weird. But I don't. I don't see kids outside. And I'm not upset at it. (laughs) Because (laughs) <laughs> Talking about it from the point as a father mm-hmm. and uncle, you know what I'm saying? Humans who, who have reproduced and have offspring and they be out playing like we used to be. Yeah. That's all. You have to drive. I have to drive my children to a park in like San Francisco or downtown Oakland to find children playing together for my little ones to play with them. You can't just go. When I go to the local park, I mean, I'm in East Oakland, so I'm not even going to name the park, but y'all already know what it is. Everything's going down at that park under the sun, but young people playing. I take my son, and he do, he slide down twice, and he's like, Daddy, I'm good. I think the gangsters got the park. I think they're going to get the slides next. Can we go? <laughs> like, it's all good. Yo, it's like the Zergling moving in on your ass, bro, in Starcraft. You know what I'm saying? You're like, so, oh, here comes the horde. Bruh. Balancing out these levels. Okay. So yeah, man. So it's just it's it's an interesting world we live in now. And now like as millennials, I think we have a memory almost equivalent to like old people to young people. And I mean twenty five year olds, people that's not even ten years younger than us. And they're just like, nigga, what are you talking about? I'm gonna look up what the range of millennial is because I think that it's got a bunch of ancient niggas in our category though. I think the word We're like to... twenty five to like thirty eight or something right now. I'm looking this up right now. Because yeah. I've had conversations. See, the old about people it. think we're like people... Huh. Because people will tell me they'll be like, You're well, you're technically a millennial, but you ain't like the millennials. Like, cause they, they like, these cats got all kind of cash shit to talk about millennials. All right, you ready? 
Anyone born between 81 and 1996, yep. uh, age 23 so to 38. Yeah. So, yeah. hell nah. Which is kind of crazy, because if you're you know 23, you ain't necessarily thinking like... Hell nah, these niggas ain't shit like at 23, at bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, man. I think they re they stretch when they said 96. I'd get it niggas like 94, 95, maybe at best. You know what I'm saying? But even they think different. I think once you hit 90, them niggas is on some. <laughs> All you 90s babies, y'all know y'all be on some goofy shit. I don't even have to say it. So this joint on Wikipedia. All right, these ain't the dopest sources in the world, niggas. I understand this. But this is just for reference. Uh, Gen Y, millennials, it says 24 to 39. So they just added a year. Um, same shit. I mean, 81, you can be 39 right now. Yeah, Yeah, like it's the same shit. See, I look at the millennials more as like the 80s babies. Like we was born in the 80s, right? So we played outside. We remember Sega Genesis. We remember the uh, Super Nintendo. We remember Nintendo 64, the first PlayStation. I fucking child up was so dope. The, but boy, yeah. these kids, that yeah. shit is trash. Ball, hopscotch, basketball, dodgeball, manhunt. Like I, Anime bro, I had would, made its way over a little bit at a time. It wasn't just a little bit. It wasn't it was on like now. You, yeah. Right? Like you had to know, like you had to have the plug. You had to go to a certain comic book store that happened to have an anime section or some shit where right. you could get mangas and shit. Because we didn't have YouTube where you can read mangas. We didn't have Crunchyroll where all of the anime in the world is. We didn't right. have Hulu, none of that shit. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like you had to meet. Like, and YouTube came out in 06, but it wasn't half as big as oh, it is. Nah. Like, yeah. like, like you had to have a nerdy friend. In yeah. school, and like y'all had to watch anime in secret. Mine was Chase Copperidge. I didn't necessarily watch anime with him, but he did keep me abreast on all the Dragon Ball Z nerd shit. Yeah, like a Yu Yu Hakusho, and yeah, like, but you had to have an anime plug. Basically, the nerd who was like, I don't know how he found this information, but he has the all of the information. Uh, yeah. for, for me, it was a uh, Shane Dubay. Shout out to Shane. He lived. Up the hill. You know that house, man, at uh, back in Kentucky, at my daddy's home? Right up the hill, that house, Shane mm -hmm. Dubay. So he had the Pokemon cards. He had all of the holo holographic joints. He mm. was the go-to for all of the nerdiest shit in the world. And so he uh, actually gave me a whole binder of the Dragon Ball Z cards, Pokemon oh, cards, all that shit. Because he he was the yeah he he was the kid. And Sean yeah. Geegan, there's a, a Korean kid, Sean Geegan, same shit, okay. anime yeah. people. Yeah. But it wasn't like now, it's yeah. like, wait, hold up, all you niggas was watching anime in secret this whole time, and y'all was trying to be cool in high school and middle school, and you were clown niggas who watch anime out and open, but everyone watched Dragon Ball Z? Fuck you, hell niggas, man. But everyone watched Dragon Ball Z? You that was funny. That's funny, yeah. Yeah, I mean, people, you know, but we was doing a lot of shit. That's the that's what make millennials so cool. I think is that we were weird as young kids because we were playing basketball and watching Pokemon. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like it was cats playing football and watching Dragon Ball Z. I was you a know gamer and playing sports the rest, like just with the rest of all of my time in life. You, know, you feel video me? Video games, right? And watching anime, or I was outside beating the whole neighborhood in basketball and then going to football right. practice and then going right. to a fucking track practice 
Right. And then working out on my own after both practices because I'm psycho. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Right. But I was and so then, you know? Yeah, and then you got the skateboarders. They're skateboarding, but then they going home and they watching anime and they on the same nerdy shit. And so then when we all grew up and started interacting a little bit more, it was just like, man, we almost had our own culture. We was all in this, a similar mindset that you know, the program of America and the millennial generation. And th- this is the funny part. They programmed us with their little Saturday morning cartoons and they captain them, captain America, captain planet shit, you know, all this dope ass shit. And then we grow up and literally reflect the thoughts of our youth. And they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you, millennials? You're fucking crazy. I just want everything so fast. Nigga, y'all introduced the fucking fast gaming systems. Y'all... A millennial wasn't creating the 64 or the PlayStation 2. You know what I'm saying? We creating shit now. But it was like, bro, y'all was introducing all this shit to us. And then y'all got mad at us for, for how we use it, basically, or how we start thinking based on the thoughts. Y'all present on y'all television screens. Right? Millennials wasn't programming the TVs when we was 12 and 13 and 4 and 5 and 6 and 7 and 8. You know what like, I'm saying? Y'all the niggas that named them programs. You feel me? Y'all ain't you slick. Yeah. So I just think that that'd be funny how we get judged so hard as millennials. I feel like the the young people be like y'all weird, y'all old. The old people be like y'all dumbass young people, and it's just like nigga, calm down on the millennials, bruh. You know, and then they blame us. What they say? We killed Toys R Us, bruh. First of all, mm. who ever can afford toys at Toys R Us? You know what I'm saying? We used to go to Johnny's Toys. Bruh. <laughs> I'm serious. Or KB Toys. Bruh, KB yeah. Toys all day. I remember KB Toys. <laughs> if we ever went to Toys R Us, it was to go play the free video games and then see what they got. And then you went to buy the shit somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, Toys R Us killed Toys R Us. It was too expensive. You know what I'm saying? They say, they say, oh, well, we uh, millennials, well, we buying houses now, but for a long time, they was like, millennials won't buy any homes. They're killing the housing market. No. Y'all killed the housing market in 2008. You know what I'm saying? And when you killed the housing market in 2008, millennials took six years to recover. Some of us still recovering. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, stop blaming millennials for everything. I think there's a propaganda machine against millennials. You feel me? And they need to calm that shit, bro. Millennial lives matter, my nigga. Millennial lives matter, bitch. Straight up. (laughs) I was talking about that. Yeah, the comedy show, bitch. <laughs> the Love drops. That. The motherfucking drops. I'm thinking of a conversation that I was having kind of about. We do get a lot of fire for. Really, we're the most well-rounded. <laughs> of That's what I'm saying. And I think that that shit comes across as, as a lot of misplaced hate. Because. We're the only generation probably in the history of mankind because this is the most unique time in the history of mankind where we didn't live with the dinosaurs and shit like that, but we lived literally between a cataclysmic rift and the way the world works and moves. We're the bridge. We're the bridge. We literally remember the old world because we were a part of that, and we could quickly adapt to and and adjust to and get ushered into as young adults and individuals this brand new space age we're right. part of both and we're and we and we don't have way more skin in the old world than we do in the new world we were right in the middle it bisected our lifespans right, right. so we're going to spend right. a lot of time with all of this tech but we 
but we spend so so much time also our whole um, coming of age was all spent analog then it got this our millennials are in the gym we remember being in the gym in high school yeah like that's a thing for us we remember outside we remember not being able to communicate outside of um your dad yelling um through the whole neighborhood volunteer, and that's when you knew it was time to take your ass home and that's when everyone knew it was time to take their ass home like came on because everyone's parents used to once they heard my dad bark then they all started coming out john and daniel <laughs> aaron allen adrian and then your dad was, was the signal for everybody my dad, my dad was bring the your kids in the house it's time for bed <laughs> oh just like in villain sagas like the viking to go Ooh. you know what i'm saying with that, that fucking that was really home. good too Oh, thank that was his. That was his uh, regular voice, y'all. He did that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do the VOC too. Yes, yes, But um, you know, like that was the signal. He was a leader of people, and so everyone moved on that. Like, I guess that's how I parent. I just follow Mark. Mark says it's time for niggas to go inside. It's time for everybody to come inside. The whole neighborhood will go home. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's powerful mm-hmm. too. So we remember that. I remember f- fishing and hunting and exactly you know, all of this type shit that niggas that they have. Like we remember how to do all of it. So we are. I think that we're going to be the last true bearers of culture too, and it's up to us yeah. to instill and imbue our children, our offspring, with so as much culture as we can before and we had big mamas. It gets lost. We remember those. Yep, they big mamas is forty. Right, and they ain't very big neither. So, <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm saying? These just that girl at the club, that forty year old at the club, you know. But she got she a grandma with three kids, you know, three grandkids and shit. You know what I'm saying? Wait, so you got chicks that don't even want to reproduce. So you know what I'm saying? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, but, but I'm saying that we we grew up having like that big grandma, that that mama, that you know what I'm saying? That was giving you the stories and the history and the wisdom and, 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 and the strength and, and the, I, bro, I will, I will whoop your ass. Grandma a lot of times was stronger than grandpa. You know what I'm saying? You and should. we remember that shit. Yeah. We remember that shit. She had to keep like, him alive. And then he in turn, the whole house had to keep the whole house alive. alive. Yeah. Like they, they were tasked with keeping everybody alive. Usually our grandpas had worked so hard in their life. Cause they were black men in America that by the time they got old, for lack of better words, these niggas was decrepit. They were kind of beaten to submission. Yeah, they were they were done. You know, not a lot of healthy food in in black community. You know, growing up, and so and you, and you work hard. You work hard, hard, right? That factory shit, that that field shit. It don't matter what they do. That shit was hard, but. Millennials remember that too, right? We got a connection to that, right? So you might catch a millennial, you know, and I and when I say millennial, I'm really talking like the 28 to 38, right? I ain't, I ain't talking no 23, 24. We're not talking about the rest of you niggas, man. Like, fuck you, little niggas, bro. Y'all different. 23 years old, you don't know shit, bro. Calm the fuck down. Shut the fuck category, up. What the fuck they call them niggas? Like, yeah, they <laughs> new, new, new millennials or something, like yeah. not millennials, you know, like new niggas. Yeah, like, but you might catch a millennial running with the 60-year-olds that are still keeping in shape or riding a bike with the 60-year-olds. You know what I'm saying? You might catch uh, the 80s babies, like, 10 years older than us, still skateboard, and they skateboard with the millennials and the 17-year-olds. You know what I'm saying? Like, we still part of that outside culture. We still, if you do a three-and-three hoop, when we were kids, we was all part of the three-and-three hoop hoop stars tournaments, and you know what I'm saying? Teenagers, all that. You go out here now, niggas still doing them three on threes. 
You know what I'm saying? Because that was part of our that was part of our game, right? Like our game wasn't just virtual. But millennials are so cool. While we do all the outside shit, we'll still be, you know, at the club. We can do the little uh, silent parties where everybody wearing the headphones and turn up. You know yeah, what I'm saying? That's kind of neat. We, yeah, like we can turn up with the best of them. You know, we can get on the tech and do our thing. And and so it's just, you know, I got a lot more respect and appreciation for the millennial generation than I think. Uh, anybody ever give us credit for You know what I'm saying? Like and It's we, like millennials versus everybody, bro. Fuck y'all. We were the last ones that knew how to have fun. Look at what niggas are trying to do to invent fun because they aren't fun. You see what right. I'm saying? Because we had to use our imaginations because we remember an analog world before the digital right. had arrived at our doorsteps. I remember Nick Cannon is like a perfect millennial. The way he's just acting in public is like the millennial life. Like he's just wild and funny, goofy. That's millennials, bro. Kind of nerdy, kind of smart, kind of cool all at the same time. I remember sitting in fifth grade. Shout out to Nick Cannon. Shout out to Nick. Shout out to the Cannon. I remember, um, stay strong, brother. Man, all um, day, bro. Respect. You know what I'm saying? We got you, fam. Um, I think that um, I remember sitting in Miss Collins' class. In the fifth mm-hmm. grade, she was explaining to us how the world was about to begin to change. Um, and that she was explaining to us what email was. That mm-hmm. seems like such a small deal. <laughs> but she was actually explaining to us how the whole world would change. She didn't know. She was doing her part by just giving us instructions on how to use email and what it means. Mm-hmm. Electronic mm-hmm. mail. Mm-hmm. Like she spelled it out and broke it down. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um, I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know how it would change my life or, or anyone's life and how it would just accelerate dramatically how the speed at which we can communicate. The Dewey Decimal System was going to go away. Yeah. Uh, internet yeah. was coming, right? Because th- that meant internet was on the way. And it, it, so, so how was you when you were having this conversation with Ms. Collins? I was in the fifth grade, so... So 10, basically. Basically 10 years old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the cell phones, they were a while away. You know what right. I'm saying? So they right. At least everybody, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. The internet was on its way. You know what right. I'm saying? Like our first computer was 25 megahertz, bro. That's that's hilarious. The pages, I, think, I think our microphones are more than 25 megahertz. <laughs> the, the pages would load, you know, like a third or a fourth at a time. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. 56K was the shit when AOL sent you that Americanized ass CD, uh, CD, like CD disc, CD-ROM. And that shit was like, uh, hey, we're 56K now. I was like, oh, okay. Bro, niggas would jump off of a fucking, the highest building in the area if they had to just sit and watch their page load. Yeah. A pixel at a time and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, even I remember even connecting to the internet. That shit, you would like have to connect. You can go to the bathroom. You go eat a bowl of cereal. You sometimes you go watch half episode of TV before you was connected. You know, I'm singing the whole song to you. Manor, manor, manor. God, hated that song. It had to make noise. It, it, it had to concentrate so hard on on moving information around. It was making noise. Right. It had to. It had to do what we do when we working hard and lifting heavy shit up <laughs> and, and putting heavy shit down. You know, we go, it you know, something. Yeah, like, it was huffing and puffing. And it's moving around the electrical nice. signals and shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's how much work it took to get shit done. I was like, man, shout out to modems. 
I didn't know. So, yeah. I yeah. never knew. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, like, so if you talk to, like, a, if you talk to a college student, right, the internet's been, you know, they're 20 years old now on average. They've had the internet basically their whole conscious yeah, existence. they're designed to be bitch-ass niggas. Like, they're not, we, we know what it's like because, again, so back to the fun part, right? We know how to have fun because we had to really make it out of thin air. Bro, if we got a TV or something, we had a box. Guess what happens when you have a box and some fucking bubble wrap? You had some fun. There was some fun. They would up in the box, yeah. Yeah, like that's one of my favorite episodes of SpongeBob, man, because that hit home. When like him and Patrick were in a box and that was the whole episode. Yeah. I'm watching that yeah. shit today. <laughs> Animaniacs my, is back, by the way. And that shit is Animaniacs is back that on Hulu. Shit is hilarious. And I yeah. I didn't realize me and Spencer was watching that shit, right? Me, him, and Alyssa. I didn't realize shout out to Spence and Alyssa. I didn't shout realize, to- man, how many of those jokes we got, which is why we loved it, but how much we ran over our heads, how much we didn't understand. But why yeah. our parents thought it was also funny. Why our yeah. parents also thought the SpongeBob was funny. We watched all of this kid shit together because it was for all of us. Mm-hmm. As an adult, I'm catching all of the jokes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this shit's even funnier than what I last remember. Because now mm-hmm. I'm laughing at so much more. It's way more in those shows than I thought. Because I didn't get any of the references. Right. I was a kid. Right, right. right. You just enjoyed the, the cartoon effects and all the sound. Yeah. And all that. Good idea, yeah. bad idea. Come on. Yeah. In the brain. The yeah. pigeons. Right. No, those those cartoons are always great. I'm I'm glad Animaniacs is back. It makes me think of the uh we talk about the tech though. Um an experience I had with my son the other day with how, well, how their privilege is going to be even compared to this new generation. Yeah, like right? you gotta work so hard to make it to where they're not trash. Bro, so, so I think I already fucked up. Like for like for your kids to not be trash when they get older? Because it's a high likelihood. A higher than comfortable likelihood that they might be trash. I, I think I already fucked up, bro. Man, so, so, do, check, so check this out. We'll see if we can work this out. It's not too late. Lil JC has two flying drones, and he's two years up. Oh, you've given him too much power. He's seen me fly him. He loves to fly them. He knows how to say "fly the drone," "fly the plane." So we go to the store and he sees these little airplane models or whatever and he wants them. These are traditional toys. Like we had growing up, like the little soldiers that you play with, like and the airplanes. Right. I'm like, all right, I'll get them for you, whatever. He bring them home. He's like, Daddy, remote, fly the plane. Damn, he's connecting the dots. I'm like, bruh, these, this is how you fly this one. You got to use your hand, bro. You a paper gotta... airplane. Let me make one. Show you how to fold paper into an airplane. Cut the bottom so that the air flows proper and, like, you get the draft and the drag and that shit gets air. Nope. I want real plane, nigga. Oh, see. That I can so have a remote. Know, so you know the difference between, oh, man. So check it. So I tell him, I say, JC, this plane doesn't fly right now it doesn't have a battery so i need to like i would need to fix it put a battery inside of it to make it fly and then have a remote this little negro goes and get my power drill and brings it to me 
with the plane and say, Daddy, fix the plane. Hey, I love your intuition. Love your mind. One day, we will work on building a model airplane that can fly. I give you that. Praise the most high. But today ain't that day, bro. Like, that plane is a... And you just keep doing that with your fingers and... We'll call it a day. Like, but you get but just the thought, right? That he thinks all planes should have some type of mechanism that he can control to fly them. If a toy can't be controlled by him, it's like a rock. And I just throw rocks. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's an interesting dynamic in watching them grow. Cause I remember remote control cars as a kid. I remember having the remote control Jeep that my pops bought me and you know, I can ride around in it and he probably had a remote too back in the day. I don't know, but I'm like, dude, I wasn't disillusioned. So to speak that every vehicle or little NASCAR I had in my possession or hot wheels for real. Cause we had hot wheels back in the day, right? Oh, shout, out yeah. hot shout out to hot wheels. Shout right. out to Mattel for making the fucking hot wheels. We had that giant hill in the back, right? Remember there was a giant driveway too. Right, That's what the hell that, that was used for. Man. Racing your motherfucking Racing your hot wheels. Yes. All day. These kids ain't shit. <laughs> they don't fucking know. And their parents are trash. <laughs> That's basically my, what I'm saying, just in the highest level. That I, I'm the parental trash in this moment who's already overprivileged my kid with the burden to think there's a normal that's not necessarily normal yet, but honestly, who the fuck knows? Because like you said, when Miss Collins was showing you the internet and my little seventh grade teacher was showing us the internet, our parents didn't know that that was going to be the real 10 years from now. Five years from now, right? Because five years from now, we was running it. Once we got introduced to the internet, five years later, the internet was everything once we went to college. Yeah. And it's been everything yeah. since. Corona, internet, even more. You know what I'm saying? Giving our internet. Everybody got to have it. You know what I'm saying? And so, who knows? Maybe he'll live in a world growing up that he can control every mechanism around. Just like when we were children, we thought about those Pokédexes and we wanted to have a device in our hand where we can look up whatever the fuck we want. And now it happened. Devil's so who really knows? Oh, go ahead. Okay. I mean, I don't really like the devil, but if you want to talk for the next devil's advocate, I'm going to advocate <laughs> on behalf of him. Okay. So what if here's a caveat, here's something. So here's the potential work, right? So what if you, this kid is privileged he could potentially grow into a piece of shit entitled the whole nine because you do want a better life for your child, a better life than you had. I understand. Mm -hmm. I get it. Mm -hmm. I'll probably fall under the same kind of spell. I think that most parents do. I think that some parents snap out of it. Oh shit. What the hell got a hold of me? Right. And so they snap out of it. And so Mm -hmm. what if, yes, you got a privileged kid, but what if you have a, a, a self-aware kid though as well as self-aware as a kid you were and grew into being as a man like you grew to be increasingly self-aware and aware of yourself which is self-awareness knowledge yourself is very important enough to be able to reflect on your life almost in real time like we always we always reflect constantly and we judge ourselves and based on you know 
our pursuits or what's happened and how we can improve and be better people per mm-hmm. what we've gained as far as information or intel and find a new and a better way to maneuver and move about the world. What if he's all, he's aware of how trash he used to be, how goofy he was, how little he knew when, as he, a thought, two-year-old. when he thought that he knew so much? No, not as a two-year-old. Once he, okay, I was just going to say, no. we just going to call out that Monkey D. Chavante just called the two-year-old trashy. No, I called his future self trash. So <laughs> if this nigga, I said that was advocate. So when he grows, if he grows into a piece of shit, he's like, well, what if it's a what if high, what have I become? Because you about the checking, you, like you're going to check uh, him. Oh, right, no. oh yeah. he gets wing every moment. You're going to fucking chop him and he's going to wonder why. Like, why Why this energy? What, like, why is Pops hating? Well, you're a punchable face. Like, you've grew into a really punchable guy. And I don't like that shit. But this kid's aware. So he's trying to make himself better. He wants to become better. In the world. He, and they don't want punch because we're super tolerant. He wants to become a, you know, just a better version of himself. The way that you've cultivated him to want to become a better version. Now he's like, well, this is a shitty, like, this is a shitty beta version. I, I need to become a better version. So he goes back and he sees that the error of his ways could have been, you know what? I did grow up not wanting or needing for anything. So he starts to course correct. And you just coax him along, you know, not coercing, right? I, like, I don't want to raise a rebel, but, you know, help him course correct because he's aware enough to realize he's done some shitty things or he, or he's been acting like a shithead, really entitled and affluent, doing well and not need, needing anything. So he's like, um, yeah, I'm going to take the time to do what I need to do to understand what kind of power I do have. And how I can use that for something better than needing to just control everything in an instant. So he develops patience over time. Because we're still developing our patience. Well, that is ideal. That is a beautiful idea. I but know. it also I had to, it's you know. Also, so I had a couple, I had a couple thoughts, right? You first resign yourself to having a garbage baby. And no, no, never, right? But I'm so at first I was like, I'm just gonna smash the fucking drum. Like show him like, look, the bitch don't fly. What you gonna do? But then I'm like, this That's little nigga just fine. Yeah, but this little ninja is smart enough. He'll probably bring me the drill back and say, fix the plane, right? So we got to deal with an intelligent chess playing baby. I don't know how to deal with a chess playing baby right now, but we're going to figure that out. Well, in next well, you created a pilot. A pilot? Someone who flies shit. Oh, maybe. Uh, maybe. I mean, he, he might take a real interest in that. God bless him. It kind of but- puts him at risk, but... But let's put the conversation to scale now. Okay. Because that's one baby. I got two. Mm-hmm. But there's like another 40 million of these little ninjas walking around just America. Yeah. Well, in the privilege of the Amazon world and Siri and Alexa. And my parents can press a button and order me whatever I want, even digitally. My cousin who is 34 years old who is a millennial, just like us, from Detroit. Shout out to you, because you know who I'm talking about. I can call out the government on name. Shout out to you. I miss you. You feel me? It's been a minute. It's been a minute, right? But it's like, she, while we were on the phone, paid $10, $5 per her two children on each of their tablets to purchase like a shirt or something, a digital shirt, on a game they were playing for the characters that they were playing with on the game. This was a real $5 that she spent on two children for a digital shirt. Could you she called up. 
could, peace of mind. Could you even ask for five dollars and not get the third degree? Say it. Say it for all the young people who tune in in who don't know that we cannot ask our parents for five dollars without at least getting cussed out before you got the money. I didn't know how to ask. I didn't. I had to drum up the courage to ask for anything uh, at all. Ma- uh, mama, so 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 at school, uh, Miss Park, you know she, uh, man, she's she's a great teacher and she I'm a great student, right? And and she want to take everybody to the zoo, and it's like uh, Friday, and I just need you to sign this form, and can I go to the zoo? And then oh. they say yeah, and they sign the form, and you go, and it's gonna be like a five dollars for me to go to the zoo. Um, yeah. you didn't say that. You didn't say it costs money, <laughs> bro. That- was always the next statement, bro. I was about to say the same shit, man. I was about to make the same exact example. I'm like, bro, getting a permission slip signed. Like when I had to, I was excited about going to COSI or signing up, you know, oh, a field trip. That's dope. That's what everyone else was excited. I'm like, no, <laughs> I got to now go and go so home. How much anxiety now, that built now up, Now I got to get interrogated and get a possible no. Now I got to drum up the courage to ask. My hardworking parents uh, to sign a permission slip and attach a check for like five dollars to go. Right. right. And my mama a bartender. I've been at the cafeteria a, a sitting with the rest of the niggas. They got told no. An hour. Yeah. I've that's been what in I'm the saying. cafeteria all day with all the niggas. They got told no by their parents too. Oh, all day. Yeah. All day. And then them niggas came back home super excited about life, jazzed up. But it was built on so much. Yeah, to ask for that $5, you had to have good grades. You couldn't have been in trouble in school. Your room had to be clean. Your chores better have been done. You better ask your parents when they was in a good mood. And, like, you can control that fucking Bro, shit. You know what I'm saying? It was right. always one of them that was mad, but you had to ask both. Yeah, every day somebody mad. Hey, if, 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 if someone had a good day, other nigga didn't. Right. If, if daddy had, had a, a bad day, day at work. Mommy's cool, but she's trying to comfort daddy. If daddy having a great day, for some reason, that always pissed off mommy for daddy to be having a good time. (laughs) But they both had to agree, or the one that's cool, you like, you got to ask the upset nigga. Hey, go ask your mama. She's having a shitty day. You know this. Just say yes. She's not going to say yes. That was, that's when, um, that's that's like a filibuster or something. Like that was like a, a parental filibuster. It is a built-in like, filibuster, I think. It's like you you know the answer is no if I ask her, but you don't <laughs> want to tell me no. You don't want to be the bad guy. You don't want to be the bad guy. Yo. But tomorrow you're gonna have a bad day at work and you're gonna be like, yo, fuck what you was talking about. That zoo, you you wanna see monkeys, nigga? Turn on the TV, nigga. Look in the mirror, monkey ass nigga. You'd be like, dang dad. Man, you, bad you come right out of a comic book. Bro. I used to, those vibes, as soon as they would defer me to the other, when they know that that's the, that's clearly the, the, uh, that's Cerberus. Like, they're about to go with a possible no. They didn't always say no. Like, they would surprise you. Or they would say it with a frown or something. But be like, give it here. You know how I learned how to write curse? Huh? Right. Oh, yeah. No, go ahead. No, that part. Even if they would say yes, I'm all about energy. I yeah. feel terrible because they probably, like, they might not have 
had it like that. You right felt like you was taking everything like from your family. They signing this paper and giving you this money, and you just like, damn, I didn't even mean to do you like that, and, mommy and daddy. And I'm just going on a bullshit ass field trip. And I'm like, and, and you have a good time, which make you feel worse when you get home and mommy and daddy and they little bullshit ass mode. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've exhausted their resources that were finite and limited to begin with, but they ain't going to tell us that story because they didn't want us to see them sweat. Man, that part. And raise us that way. Like, that we part. didn't know the Sloppy Joe night, which we looked forward to, and Fish Stick night, Van Camp, shout out to them. Shout out to the, the pork and bean people. Yeah, I was about to say, hot dogs and pork and beans yeah. was the shit growing up. We look up. forward that's to Fish Sticks. We look, who knows if that's fish. We look forward to Fish Sticks. We look forward it, to it, Sloppy it, Joe's. But we didn't yeah. know that that's when times were the leanest. And to us, that was like the fancy shit. Like, oh, we that getting sloppy cool dogs tonight? Yeah. Hamburger What's helper up? night? Like, it, it was cool. Yeah. But when you become a... But you know how many hamburger helper nights we had growing up? Yes, oh, me? my God. Bro. Hamburger helper nights, ramen noodle lunches, cereal breakfast. Nigga, that built my teenage body, bro. Hamburger helper noodles and cereal. It's not until you look at the frozen food aisle or, or the aisle... Where you used to go to get this shit, what, like where your parents would go, you never looked at how much man which actually cost. But when you see it, yeah. it's like 79 cents. You're like, oh, man. Yeah. No, I had a moment like that. Uh, Bro, I was looking at Lunchables and, you know, little Jay getting a little bigger. So I'm, I'm just like, let me get him a couple of Lunchables, see if he like it. I right? was privileged enough for my parents to be like. I'll get you some Lunchables. We used to look at the kids with the Lunchables like, damn, they got their own shit. Like, they got their that own was, shit. Yeah, that was my point. I'm saying like, I didn't have fucking strong bully, and that shit's horrible. Right. I, didn't, I seen Lunchables. I knew about Lunchables. I never it was a like, Lunchable, dog, unless someone uh, went, hey. It was basically a Rolex. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, nigga, like, you yo, got a Lunchables? Like, one damn, person, one time. Good a couple of times in my whole career as a kid, and yeah, a nigga like slide me over a cracker with a little joint, you know, with a little cheese block and with a yeah. little ham circle. And, oh, and, I and remember I had, watching yes with the Lunchables. They also came with the snack. It had like a little Twix or a Snickers or a Crunch yeah, Bar. I was just man. like, oh, oh, they did rich kids for real, bro. Yeah. They but I'm got in the five store. dollars worth of shit. But to me, no, nigga. Nigga, I'm in the store right now in 2020. A Lunchable is $2.19. Man. I mean, those shits was probably like... How much was that shit back then, cent, That shit had to be like 50 cent, bro. Dang. 50 cent. But that's how it was, that's though. That's how that, tight that, shit was. That, that, people, that, that's what people don't realize, because, see, that's the thing about the digital world, where, you know, and black people are beautiful, black people are really talented, and when we on TV, we shine. So you think, oh, you know... Black people are doing great. And yeah, praise the most high in some parts, black people are doing better than others, right? But growing up, that this is not an off experience that, you know, to ask your parents for 50 cents for a Coke out the vending machine was a big deal. Everybody wasn't privileged to Lunchables. You know what I'm saying? Like, and my dad was in the military. It's not like he was like, you know, doing something else. He was, he, it was a stable job. We knew he was going to get a check every two weeks, right? But it was still like, bruh, this is this was a this is America. You know what I'm saying? Your dad was a factory worker, truck driver, if I, if I understand right. So that's that's a union job, right? Yeah, I had seventeen hour driver. days. Like we never saw him. F like when he was a truck driver, we would drop him off every morning at two o'clock in the morning. So I always would wake up at two in the morning, and we would drive as a family to drop him off. 
and we will mm-hmm. watch him get the tractor trailer prepared and then hook hook that shit up and then drive off. That was a tradition. And we Ooh. wouldn't see him for like 16, 17 hours. But by the time he gets home from doing that kind of work, that kind of labor, <laughs> it wasn't a whole lot of yeah. pops there um, outside of, you know, running shit, running shit, alpha male running shit. Um, which one too crazy? And he he would he would have to eat dinner and lay immediately down because he's got to get right back up at like two in the morning or mm-hmm. before that time to get mm-hmm. to work to work for sixteen seventeen more hours of doing trucker work driving across the whole state or multiple states and lifting milk and crates and pallets and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? And that was called a good job when we were growing up. And that was a good-ass job when we were growing up. Because if you wasn't part of the uh, white-collar class of of America, right, which we wasn't, right, then we were re-encouraged to be truck drivers or steel mill workers or like, you know, I'm, I'm from Detroit. So growing up, working at everybody worked for Ford, Chrysler. Yeah, but you had, had a job at the family who lived in Detroit, Detroit, like uh, Uncle Bob, you know what I'm saying? Like retired from GM, you know what I'm saying? They used to work at Chrysler and shit like that uh, up, yeah, up there in Detroit. You always, we always had cousins from Detroit and that's how they got their bags and that's how they retired yeah. and they're living lavishly up there. Right, right. And had, that's what I'm saying. Had a Consider- <laughs> It's back-breaking work, it's too. It's back-breaking work. And that's the thing. You know what I'm saying? And so... Uncle Tony, Antoine's dad, I mean, he spent his whole life basically working at Ford, work, yeah. working at the plant. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got a, I got an auntie. She worked at Chrysler, you Shout know, and she got a check. To Uncle Tony. But the pains that they experienced can't be paid for, right? Like, my auntie basically lost mobility in her hand. My dad was a tank mechanic in military. He lost mobility in in, in his hand, right? Um, same thing with his foot, right? Just from marching with all that shit with them little boots. I don't know who designed the military boots, but I don't know if they meant, them shoes not meant for walking. You know what I'm saying? Like, my dad got holes in the bottom of his feet from marching in them shoes, literally, from, like, just the... It dries out. I, I, you know, I mess with a sister once. This might be a little bit too much with my my wife present, but for the sake of talking about the health of our our uh, veterans and our soldiers, I, you know, I had a good time with this sister one time, and she had uh, been a, been in the Iraq War a few times, so like two or three tours, right? She's in she's in uh, DC now. Shout out to you, sis, because you know who you know who I'm talking about. Uh, when you know we were doing our thing intimately or whatever, I put my hands down to like rub her feet and her feet felt like it had a bunch of pieces of glass in it basically from all of the calluses that were on the bottom of her feet that have like just re-dried and re-dried and re-dried right it's a beautiful sister but her feet the bottom of her feet was shot toast. you know what i'm saying I'm, it was toast literally and it was like this can't be healthy. You know what I'm saying? And I, you know, I still rub their feet anyway. Cause it was just like, girl, your feet is like this for, for America. You know what I'm saying? Like you've That's sacrificed. Impressive. Yeah. Like you've sacrificed your beauty and your feet to make sure that we can, we can live another day in peace. Like, you know, look, all salute to you. I, I might, I got laid down a little harder now. You know what I'm saying? But Yo, I would have to have a, Hey penis, step into my office. I'm just here to let you know that this is fine. This is okay. 
Yeah, okay, we're, so good. All right. we're good. We're good. <laughs> because I, Everything is good. I could only imagine, like, your, your whole libido going, is this okay? This doesn't seem to be okay. But you know what I'm saying? You're like, Hold on. You're looking at a beautiful woman, there and is. then you appreciate the power of this woman, all right? Like, this woman has done what I haven't done. I haven't served in the military. I didn't go to war. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. she didn't risk her life, and you can tell by the soles of her feet she didn't risk her life multiple times in order to, you know, make a difference and to serve in a real way. You know what I'm saying? And I got, like, real respect for all soldiers. Probably come from my pops being in the military and other family members, but I was just like, yeah, I gotta give you. I gotta give it to you that much better. So yo, for all the men yo. out there with the military wives and girlfriends, y'all lay it down for them. You know what I'm saying? Yo. You doing us, you doing them a service for doing us a service. You so Jace, <clears throat> are you telling me this? You was vibing with the sole of her feet. Yeah, you feel me? You see you where feel- that double entendre work, nigga? Hey. Jazzy comedy show, bitch. You know where to get this from, don't you, fam? <laughs> Yo, the sole of her feet. Hell yeah. So, all man, yeah, all of the puns intended. You feel me? And so it's just it's something to think about, like uh, how we how we engage. You know what I'm saying, the veterans, bro. I just gotta be honest. I think I high. Why? I think watching you smoke while I smoke. And they're gonna get extra faded. That's the goal. I'd be kind of upset. Smoking kind of like a period. When you smoke with other people, you get higher. It's like your period, how women periods sync up, think your highs sync up. You know what I'm saying? That's called the wave, my friend. (laughs) All right. That's called the wave. It's nothing. I wish I had a sound for that. Yo, it ain't about to be the last time you hear me just say some, you know, some shit, some slick shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This is how I communicate. And that's the goal, Man. right? Like, that's why we used to jam the Jill Scott. That's why we used to play the Jill Scott. Because we saw that as, for so, with us being how we are and who we are and what and how we vibe, it, it was just like, this is going to amplify this whole thing. What we're looking for is the amplification. I'm sorry, the amplification. Shout out to the beautiful incredible incomparable oh incomparable undeniable undeniable beauty immeasurable Uh, jill scott i love you you. jill you don't understand like what you've done for us the phases the life that you've gotten us through the 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 fade the fade sessions we've had the zones we've been in, the people we've been we've in. We've been so with. high listening to your music. Oh, man. We've been that? revolutionary, creative. We've been in beautiful zones. I've made love to your music. I've seen you in Berkeley at a concert with my girlfriend, now wife, which, you know, I think that's still the deal. Yep. But check it, you know, even though I'm married to a beautiful woman, if you decide that you like, you know, J.C. Rowe on the Jazzy Comedy <laughs> Show, I will push her to the side for you. She already know. That's the one caveat we have in our contract. You know, marriage is a contract that of all the women in the world, if I get a chance to be with Jill Scott, then she has to step aside and resume another place in my life. Cause Jill, you my baby. You I love you. You you the one. 
you know, I wish I was older and I met you, you know, when we was like 17 and we would have had a life start and I'm done. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> what you say, my nigga? That's hilarious. I was falling into a moment. I had to pull myself back, though. But yeah, Jill to do that to you, bro. That ain't even me, bro. Bro. She probably got 100,000 people in every country thinking like me. Bro. The moment that songbird goes, la, 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 la. It take more than diamonds to move me. I'm like, oh, come on, bro. She just says la 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 the whole song, son. Jill, the only female that would get a nigga wet. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Yo, like straight up, bro. Straight up, jazzy comedy show, bitch. Hey, Jill is the one. She can sing about food. And make you just be like, damn, Kyle I want to make love while listening to that thing about eggs and collard greens. Toast. Toast. Oh, man. Yeah, so. Then she had that beautiful song where she was singing about America and the pains that America have had on its people. And if you didn't actually listen to the words, you would have just thought she was heartbroken. And I just wanted to give her a hug. And then I listened to the words, and I was like, oh, she's a teacher, too. Yes, she's also a sesh. How? There needs to be a word for, like, incredible and amazing. Like, she's, like, accredit-azing or something. No, that sounds bad. It should be, like, amaze-edible. Amaze-edible. Well, <laughs> Jill, Jill, hmm. she looks edible. Uh, let's see. Well, the whites use the term amazeballs, but I will not do Jill that way. No, the, the whites as in Americans. Yes, yes. That that definitely comes from some, <laughs> some nerd that has tech now, and that you nerds with technology, and you can put out things that are cool just because these goofy algorithms let you do that. Look, check it. Your voice still sucks. Your opinions still don't matter. And if we was in high school, you still get beat the fuck out of. You know what I'm saying? Let's just be honest. Like, hey, there's what- a bunch of. I'm sorry, I got a rant. There's a bunch of you weak-ass, weak-ass cats that was in high school who had, your opinions didn't matter then. You couldn't play the dozens with cats. You couldn't play basketball, football, track. You never smashed on any girls. You was lying about the ones you were smashing like a 40-year-old version. Shout out to Steve Carell. And now, because you're on Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat and you got a fucking filter for your face, your ugly fucking face. And you think that you're fucking cool and you think, oh, I can influence over a thousand followers. Your followers don't like you. Look, the girls still don't like you, nigga. The girl nigga. don't like but you. We just got to let it be known, bro. Like, the real ones from back in the day, yo, do your thing today because you still matter, nigga. We know that the world and beat up on the real, like, it goes after the real. You know what I'm saying? The biggest lion in the jungle is always going to be the target, but you still the kings, you feel me? So don't worry about all these hyena niggas because they rolling packs and they laughing and they making noises and they think that they influence matters. Look, you don't fucking matter. All lives don't fucking matter because these whack-ass niggas don't matter. And including in that is these incel bitches. All you involuntary celibate niggas who can't get none. Look, (laughs) fuck yourself, niggas. We don't care about you. The girls really don't like you. And niggas don't even feel bad for you weak-ass niggas in your Maseratis who can't get no pussy. So you racist and you misogynist and you just want to hate everybody. Look, you guys suck. Learn how to have a fucking conversation. 
conversation. Put three words together without sounding like a fucking numb nut, probably because you got numb nuts. And then maybe these bitches are like you. But right now, nobody want to hear your fucking opinion. I don't care what social media form we're on. You still don't matter. And we know you niggas is out there trolling motherfuckers, getting on all these different kind of moves, trying to incite people. Just get a fucking emotion out of them because you're lonely in your mama fucking basement, but you can afford a computer because you probably got white privilege, you little bitch. I'm done, bro. God bless America. Real niggas matter. All day, every day. They be the <laughs> bitch-ass niggas, man. I'm telling you, like cast today, they're real flimsy. They're fucking flimsy. They're poorly made. They're the Ikea furniture of niggas. The Ikea furniture of niggas. They are Ikea furniture in human form, nigga. Like, Hashtag the Ikea furniture of niggas, yo, bro. If they are, look, bitch assness in human form, if it were to have a sound as a banner, it would be this. And that's all the fuck that they are all about. They're just walking tuba sounds. That's what these niggas are. Walking, Real ones talking. all over the world listen to this. Just like, man, hey, say that shit, bro. Niggas are walking, talking. Don't matter the color, hue, race, creed. Mm-mm. I'm talking about bitch ass niggas. They are walking, talking tuba sounds, niggas. This is like girls are sleeping with you. Men don't like you, and you're only on social media talking your shit. It's a bunch like, of goofies that be on the same goofy shit that the goofies be on too, and they reproduce, but they reproduce a new. <laughs> That's why we gotta continue to fight the good fucking fight at every like, that's why level of my, real nigga though. My beautiful wife, currently not Jill Scott, and who we meet. Shout out to those. Shout out shit, to my beautiful shit. wife. Shout out to them. She's incredible. They are incredible. Yeah. So but she's creating a school right now for our children. And it's funny because we actually talked about this idea before the corona pandemic, where she wanted to create like uh, basically like a mobile school using our backyard, having a few students present, educating them, and then using the area we live in to kind of transport students to other dope areas for learning, whether that's like the Marine Biology University that we have near Vallejo or the Botanical Garden in San Francisco or Japanese Museum. Them. So we can talk about, you know, how civil rights work with the Asian uh, American communities and the immigrants, right? And being able to really give them a first world lesson, like a firsthand first world lesson with her school. The funny thing about how life works, and I mean, truly, true irony in the world is that when the corona pandemic hit, this has become like the model all over America for people homeschooling who have the privilege, obviously, to homeschool their children and to uh, put the resources together that it takes to both manage a group of children, feed the group of children, and educate the group of children because it's not easy work, right? Shout out to the teachers all over Yo, America shout for out. hard work, right? Um, but the idea of that has become more normal and i think that is actually going to create a really cool generation in the future because we know that millennials for the most part uh we split into two sectors right we're either private school babies or public school babies with a few few less than one percent of us that went to the department of defense 
um, education schools, uh, which is the military, the ODEA schools, which I was one of those babies. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, we're yeah. public school to private school Y'all babies. probably had the best kind of shit going on. We had, uh, military actually does good schools. It would be interesting to watch, and now America wouldn't go for it because of both uh, capitalism and fear of like, military dictatorship or some crazy shit but if the military did have a like phenomenal budget for education where they had high schools in every like city at least one major high school in every city plus like a rural maybe rural high schools in a five county or ten county radius i would bet they would be the best schools in the world because the military is organized you know what i'm saying um and one thing we get i mean even in the 2000s when I was in high school, right, uh, we still had, like, wielding, wood shop. We had JROTC. We had a shooting range on our campus, right? So we got to participate in all that shit at 14, 15, 16, 17, right? Plus the track, the basketball, or whatever. Um, and we actually had some ba- some baseball players that, you know, went on to the league from straight from Fort Knox High School. So nice. that was kind of cool. Um, but, you know, when I came into the, you know, the public world of civilians, you know, you, uh, you American folks, um, public schools was terrible from what I heard. Like public school is just like, probably like the worst thing you can do to a child, especially for 12 years is almost like a form of prison. And then you go into some education documentaries and they talk about how the schools are actually designed like prisons. And then you talk about the teachers being underpaid. And we know anytime you underpay anybody, police, teachers, whoever, you're going to get some stress, tension and pushback. Right. Um, it's, you're going to get a little bit of chaos. You're going to get less management. You're going to get less organization. Right. Um, and the military, you know, they 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 pay their teachers a little bit better than public schools, um, especially with the benefits or whatever, whatever. And so it, it's just something that um, that would be interesting to see how the homeschool aspect that has taken place by nature of literally fucking nature, right? COVID nineteen just spreading across the world like the bird flu on some nineteen twenty shit or some shit, right? Hmm. Um, Did the bird flu do more? If I think so. I think the bird flu like was like 20 flu, million. Then it must mean like the bird flu was like really fucking people up in a way that this hasn't yet. Well, they didn't have our health technology too 100 years ago. You feel me? Oh, okay. So yeah. when, they, when they had whatever the bird flu, even the black plague from the 1300s, right? They're not moving on the same antibiotics and and the same scientists and global scientists. Remember, we're in, a, we're in a different world. We're in globalization, right? So you get French fucking scientists that can work with American scientists and Stanford, who's also working with American scientists, and John Hopkins, who's also working with some fucking Nigerian scientists over in Nigeria. It's you just know what I'm saying? Yeah, and they all, yeah, just they on the Zoom call sharing data and sharing stuff. Out. Exactly. Yeah. So shout out to scientists, yeah. Shout out, shout out to fucking scientists for real, like yeah. doing the doing the real work and the research and 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 sharing information, which is not always, you know, in the in a world divided by borders and lines. That's not always been a normal thing, right? People hide their information, they cover their information, and they mm-hmm. they value it. They got proprietary laws and all that shit. And, but a pandemic kind of erased all of that for the time being. Of we have to make sure uh, not America, but humanity can survive this in a real way. And it's not that humanity won't survive COVID-19, right? Because there's some niggas that are already to bounce back and then you get people that just haven't even, ain't even gathered and they've just been good. Their whole family's been good. But 
we've also lost a lot of people because of COVID-19. And so, and there's a lot more people at risk, like the bird flu, if nothing is done. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, all of that just to bring up that this homeschool aspect of parents kind of coming together, bringing their children together, and then using their resources almost on some probably ancient world village shit, you know what I'm saying, is becoming a norm. And I wonder how that's going to maybe even separate the generation among itself, where you're going to have like a private school sector, a public school sector, and then you could potentially have like 30% of this next generation that's all homeschooled or like that are global in a different way, engaged in a different way, right? Touched by the world in a different way. Um, then traditional public schools or traditional private schools. And not even in the same way, because if you in, if you in some homeschool regional program in Maine, they might operate totally different from where they might be hunting every you know Tuesday, right? Their homeschool shit in the Bay Area, they not hunting every Tuesday. And maybe they are, you know, maybe they don't archery. I don't fucking know. But it's just interesting to see how um, this next generation is being cultivated and could potentially be cultivated based on just everything at our fucking hands right now. You know, like humanity literally has almost everything at its fingertips at a second. And that's different, right? We even, we weren't even cultivated as millennials with that. And even the, 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 the fuckers we talk about that are in their early twenties and teenagers, right? Fuck, they had, kids. Right, they had tech, but their parents didn't have the access to the same tech to the point that exists today, even as they were growing up to share that same level of, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Access and privilege. And it wasn't no pandemic to make sure everybody got the fucking internet because they're sharing stories about, you know, little babies having to sit outside of McDonald's and use the laptop to go to school or sit outside of fucking Starbucks and tap into their Wi-Fi. So now they're like, well, let's provide, let's just make sure everybody's equipped, 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 equipped. Well, shit, you, you can, you really change in the world. You connecting the people, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it makes the future almost uh, unforeseeable. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to know exactly how it's going to develop. Because it can pivot on the back of a moment. A moment happens that the world can see immediately and watch it over and over again, this moment that causes the whole planet to pivot. The planet can move. It used to take right. so long. It, like, it could take a thousand years. It can take 10,000 years. Like, it, like if you're thinking about the BCs or the, you know, the low ass ADs, how long it took to turn that ship around, like as a humankind from all right. of our regions, from all of our parts of where Pangea broke the fuck up and floated away from each other. It takes so long. It can take hundreds. It can take eras and eons and epics for us as a human race to turn into a better direction or a different kind of direction, all in the kind of unison. All of that stuff, when you think of it, temporarily happened in a super short period of time. Right. Even if it happened beyond that of our lifespan, we're only 30 years old. But it still still happened. Yeah. Hundreds of millions of years, yeah, it ain't. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's a drop. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we aren't too far removed from being in coffles, you know what I'm saying? Um, actual right. slaves. And so all of that within the eyes of a true temporal time frame is like nothing was too far away. Nothing was right. too many lifetimes ago. And so with this technology now, 
I think that with people having to, for the first time in their lives, pay attention to what's immediately around yeah. them and to what's happening right now and then zooming out to see life as a whole, I think that everyone's had this chance to maybe unplug from the matrix for a second to realize that there is one and that they were in one the whole time. That they right. were and hamsters. I didn't want to play in the matrix yeah. instead of just being in the matrix. Like niggas didn't know that they were hamsters until the wheels stopped turning. Yeah. And so yeah. now they're like, fuck, I've been a hamster this whole time. Because yeah. the thing that was giving me the thing, like the fucking carrot that was dangling, that shit spoiled. It's gone. It's done. Their industry might have went away entirely. That gig right. might have, and a lot of those did, right? So right. now that that's happened, they got to finally ask the question they should have been asking from the very jump. Who am I? Right. And based on who it is that I am, I get to begin to build my identity. I didn't know that right. I had one installed. I didn't know that I was a program this whole time. And from right. based on who am I, what do I want? Based on what do I want, what do I need? If their needs are met, what do I want? Now what do I do to get it? So yeah. now niggas are finally starting to contemplate what their purpose might be. Well, and equally, the children have that level of privilege and access that, right? If you was, if you was a 1960s and 1950s black girl in Memphis, right? And you were like a little genius. It, it was kind of irrelevant, didn't matter, honestly, because this is America. Um, but you can pique your curiosity by what? Going to the library, opening up some books, reading some shit that don't nobody know you read, really internalizing that knowledge, and then maybe figuring out how to use that talent that you've developed within yourself over the next 40, 50 years, course of your life, right? Um, today, you can be in, let's say, rural Kentucky, you know, somewhere in eastern Kentucky where the, you know, the generation after generation after generation after generation, they've been in the coal mines and they got a two or three year old, just like I got a two year old. Right. And their interest is in airplanes, just like my son's interest is in airplanes. And now that two year old is just on YouTube like a motherfucker watching airplane videos, people putting them, putting them together, taking them apart. You know, they're in the country. So they start as they get older, five, six, seven, they start building them up. Now, this little country, rural, so-called redneck baby grow the fuck up and has the next Boeing that's a solar-paneled plane because he didn't have the electricity in rural Kentucky to even power his fucking airplane, so he had to use the sun, and now he got some solar-paneled plane that he really can't be denied. You know what I'm saying? And where that little kid would get lost in the sauce of existence anytime before right now. That kid had Your to career. exist at this point in our timeline. To His move curiosity us. matters now. Yeah, to move us ahead as a whole group, as a whole human race. It took that hillbilly kid in that rural podunk town with one stoplight. Everyone hung out at the McDonald's in the parking lot. It took that kid to have that kind of access at this time. And that kid to have the gall and the cojones to think that that kid could actually change a world. But yeah. he started by transforming his and knowing that the world is much bigger than his little world within the world, which, which was Kickapoo, Missouri. Shout out to Kickapoo. Which his granddaddy couldn't get yeah, Kickapoo or whatever, right? His granddaddy, his world was his world. Yep. 
maybe a 50 mile radius at best. The world was so big and so small back in the day that those men in that Eastern Kentucky, West Virginia area could have three families in a 50 mile radius and they don't never know each other. Because this little town ain't really talking to that little town, except for the people maybe in power in the press. And then that little town ain't really talking to that little town. So if you have a family two towns over, you're good. It would be like me having a family in San Jose and Sacramento while I have a, my family in Oakland. You know what I'm saying? They, they literally live like that. You know what I'm saying? But now that little kid world is still maybe that 50-mile radius, but it's also the whole planet. He can study... Punjabi language, literacy, philosophy, you know what I'm saying? He can become an Eastern studier of, of the arts and meditations. Like he can do whatever the fuck he want. Right. Right. Like now. right now, that two year old in Miami that is over here from Cuba, who parents own speak Spanish and they're trying to make it. But she got a tablet from school for a daycare or whatever. And she can tap into learning English, doing Spanish, doing development on whatever the fuck she wants. You know what I'm saying? So it's just interesting to see how, and then I, I you know, I, there's a lot of greater people than me challenging the public school system every day to catch our kids up and make sure that they are uh, prepared for the world as a global society and a cultural society and American society and diverse society. You know what I'm saying? They're doing the hard work, but it's like, I, I would love to see them victorious in it to see how, the whole generation together can literally just rise above all of us. Like, there's just that the, the next generation has so much power and potential with their hands. It's like, yo, fuck the millennials, fuck the baby boomers, fuck the 18 year old generation Z years right now. Cause even they think, you know, their FaceTime shit matters. And these next babies, man, we don't even know the genius of humanity until we see them grow up. Like, we don't know. You know what? I'm starting to lean away from. And before I forget this, I hope that the that also in this access to all of the information the world has ever had at your fingertips, I hope that we don't lose the magic of discovery because that's one thing that is lost now. You know what I'm saying? And the appreciation of the effort it took to come across that beautiful mu- like musician that you didn't know existed in, in this whole world until. Like it wasn't a recommendation. Netflix didn't recommend it. iTunes didn't right. recommend it. You know, you search genres and hip hop, and then oh, it's right there. Curiosity has to be there, right? It's you have gotta to, be there. Yeah, it has to be the innate human trait. Because Curiosity. necessity is the mother of all invention. Period. You know what I'm saying? If that's the case, then you got to be curious about some shit. But if you just have access to all the shit, you know what I'm saying? It's like people with just mad options. They don't make no choices, no decisions, and that's the paralysis by analysis joint. Mm-hmm. That whole concept. It's like I, I, I have all these choices, so I don't make one. You know what right. I'm saying? But right. it's something about how diamonds are made that seems to be tried and true even to this day, despite the technology that they have. <laughs> what are these niggas doing with it? Yeah. Terrible, goofy, yeah. dumb, wasteful ass things. So That's I, what I'm saying. I try to All lead away. That's why I'm looking at the babies, literally the two-year-olds, and what they can do in the next 20 years with how they grew, develop and grow around the technology and the access and the resources and their curiosities because it's still pure. Right, even an eighteen-year-old curiosity ain't necessarily pure, but a two-year-old curiosity, you, it's pure as you can get. You know what? I agree with that, and it's, and that's always the case, and it's always been the case. Is the thing. So when you look back, we were those kids that niggas were talking about were, were the future. And I saw this right. in stand-up, and I can't remember the comic, but it stuck with me. He was like, 
I think it was Deion Cole. He was like, you do know that we were all the future. Look at niggas. <laughs> I thought about that. I, I, I had that notion. When Deion said, you know what? You do know that we were all the future, right? And I think about all the ancient niggas on earth and what we going through right now. All of these bitch ass niggas were the future, no matter when they were born, dog. Like some griot from the village, some elder said that dumb shit. The children are the future. And then them children grew up. And then there was a future because they grew up. They didn't perish. And they didn't do a fucking thing. You know what I'm maybe, saying? And so maybe I, I won't think about generations anymore. I'm, I'm, I agree. I'm talking my shit. I think that it's people it. like you. It don't matter how old you are, what your age is, what generation you're a part of. I think it's going to be just key. Like, like, think about characters who are the motive forces of history moving humanity forward. It wasn't millions of niggas changing the world, right? They kept it going. They were the lubrication between the gears and the cogs and the components of the machine to keep this thing going. But it was a handful of niggas. Like, it was Alexander the Grave from Macedonia. It was Massa Musa, right? It's the same niggas. That doesn't change. And that number grows so slowly because it ain't that many real niggas in all of history. And so it's always been the realest of the real niggas who still had the ability to change the world. Like your Dave Chappelle's, he's going to be on that fucking list, on that pantheon, right? That number grows slowly. Oh, all day. Those people come along once once in an era, you know, once in a long stretch of time before a nigga that real comes along and moves millions and transforms the way that you know millions of people think at the same time and at once so, i feel you i feel you and, but and I, he's from a different generation than even we are but we still need dave we still need you no no look, i respect I, I don't all think that, it's all right? the kids of tomorrow they're about to be garbage yeah. too and it's gonna be a couple of real niggas <laughs> right to add to that Monkey small path hey. he just call all the kids of the future garbage hey bro <laughs> it's the same stuff this is our human story it's a bunch of garbage ass niggas and then it's a couple of leaders of men or or or, or leaders of the world that are like you know I not argue the history of fact is what you're saying yeah that's my thing but i can plan to my own Maybe childlike or childish curiosity that your optimism and this and and optimism glass half full kind of kind of shit right the the fact is the fact is the fact slave niggas right those beautiful enslaved people brought over from West Africa formerly or now known as Ghana formerly the Kingdom of Judah Senegal all that area right mm-hmm. they were. Teachers, philosophers, educators, they were a bunch of d- shit. They weren't slaves necessarily. They were a civilized society. Brought over here, put into this like slave-like world, the slave world for real. Everything from that moment has been a derivative of this slave system, right? Nothing in America has been outside of that. So it's been the privileged versus the oppressed, the master versus the slave, the have versus the have nots. A tale of two cities, I remember reading that as a book and being like, almost I didn't even understand it. You know when I understand it? When I moved to the Bay and I went to San Francisco and I was like, oh, a tale of two cities, duh. But then, your brain like catches up real quick and you realize, damn, Louisville was a tell of two cities, East End versus West End. New York is a tell of two cities, basically Manhattan versus everybody. Detroit is a tell of two cities, the city versus the suburbs. You know what I'm saying? Chicago's a tell of two cities, South Side versus North Side versus West Side, right? West Side, North Side kind of more together versus South Side, right? Um, 
everything I start to see how that was a teller too. So even LA, you in the Valley, LA. Oh my God, this beautiful LA is great. Your stories that come from there is totally different than the stories that come from Inglewood, Compton, East LA, Boyle Heights, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, if you were talented, forgive me y'all for how I say this, but this is uh, how America would do you if it, you were there were the bank or the corporate world or the government. You're a talented spick. You're a talented nigga. You're a talented kike. You're a talented uh, uh, dyke, gay person. Who the fuck cares? That was America up until what? Uh, Two weeks ago? Recently, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, who the fuck cares? Your talents don't matter. Your your skills don't matter. Your beauty doesn't matter. Your diversity. (laughs) What the fuck is that? Right? Like, this was America to very, 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 very recently. So it did allow for a lot of creative output. You literally had to not just be the best of the best, but you had to get through the maze. And some of the best of the best didn't get through the maze because they weren't maze runners, but they were still the best at maybe hunting, maybe, I mean, you hear it on the street growing up. There was there was hundreds of basketball players better than Jordan. But, you know, shit happens. They ain't make it to the league. Len Bias. Cats was whooping Jordan all over the country. Same with Bruce Lee. There was cats all over Oakland whooping that guy. Shout out to Bruce Lee and your family. God, rest your soul, love you. You know, one of the kings. But it's like... Shout out to Bruce Lee. But he was great, but he wasn't the best. He got through the American system. You know what I'm saying? And so I say all of that to say that these children in this time, man, they already proved they can bypass the American system with Snapchat. They're organizing revolutions against the President Trump and parties politically using Snapchat. You know what I'm saying? Like they they move different already. They think different because they can communicate more directly with each other on multiple platforms with multiple engagements with multiple technology at their hands than we had. And we shared back in the day when you learn how to burn CDs, you share with your friends how to burn CDs. First get an iPod, share with your friends about the iPod. We don't know how much knowledge being shared between the next generation and how that's going to influence these kids. So that was I'm a little hopeful. They don't, the thing is, just as easy as it is for them to share information, they spread misinformation faster than ever and easier than ever in the history of mankind. And obviously that's happening. That's happening right now every single day. And probably more often than these niggas are forming these revolutions that are necessary. It's just a fucking realism and a pessimism, bro. It's a whole lot more unnecessary than necessary that's happening. Fuck your perspective, bro. And it's perpetuated. Bro, this is like, this is actually happening. And it's perpetuated by these things that were meant possibly meant to do so well but then the human beings get in their hands and the the, the human element enters the chat and it turns into a whole nother thing and then these niggas got to make a documentary about we didn't know it was about to become this I, I was just a nerd who didn't get all the love and I just made a little joint called the Instagram where you just tap tap and then there's a heart that pops up heart's a positive you need a heart to live 
<laughs> I didn't get a whole lot of heart hearts, you know, flying my way when I was in middle school. I was a hall monitor ass nigga. No one was checking for me like that, especially females. But I got into an opportunity and I stay focused on my grades and on how, you know, I invented this system and then I was born in an era where I had access to an information where I can design and develop an app that I hoped would change the world. Well, nigga, it did. But it wasn't in the way that you thought because humans are humans and they do what fucking humans do with anything that they fucking touch. Right? And especially when y'all make oh, this and what's shit. that? Just say it plain for us. And what do humans do? And, huh? Fuck shit what up. Fuck shit up. I knew you was going to say <laughs> Fuck shit up. Royally. Royally. They ruin everything. Hashtag humans fuck shit up. Hashtag shout out to the humans who always fucking shit up. Fucking messing them up for everybody. For everybody. Just royally, man. Like these nerds were like, man, I, I just didn't get hooked. That, that's Chris Park. He said, can't go to the movies. He's like, black people trying to watch the movies and niggas are shooting at the screen. Yeah. He's like, I can't even watch always the movies. Ready to man. fuck some shit up. Yeah. They were like, well, we didn't think that they were going to take it and just, you know, keep DMing this one person and then just, like this person kills themselves. Like the next thing they tweet is right, goodbye, cruel world. And I'm like, damn, they did that immediately. You know how long it would take? Like you had to wait until the next school day to talk some shit. And, yeah. and, and, and that was probably one line at, in passing in the hallway on the way to homeroom and on the way to their homeroom. But that's one mm. line. You can just write paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs and whole diatribes about how garbage this nigga is and send it immediately. And that nigga's going to get it immediately. Their phone's going to tell them they got it. Yeah, yeah. Haptic feedback. They're going to write. They're, and they're looking at the thing that's basically. That's too much for the human brain to have to deal with. It's too much. And no, no human on this planet you have to deal with think with anybody knowing the criticism that everybody has to say about them at a moment's notice. Who gives a fuck? Bro, right? it's too much and also humans ain't quite enough. So we haven't we haven't grown as much as our technology has. We haven't grown at the same pace. We're not yeah. there. We're not Zen. Like you would right, have to almost milk. you would have to almost be Zen. You like and that's an evolution of man. Like as an individual, if you get to kill O'Neal, Zen, bro, you ain't watched Kazan, bro. He, he he already Zen, bro. What I'm saying is, if you have evolved enough in your own self, in your own life, you formed that strong an identity. You've built the foundation for your life, and it's based on joy and not something as fickle and fleeting as happiness. This is shit that niggas like listeners right now are like, mm, I've never thought about the concept of happiness versus joy and how joy is everlasting and comes from with <laughs> and uh, happiness is something you never actually get. To and when you think that you got it, you find some other shit that you are unha unhappy about, and now you're unhappy. And that happened in a moment when, boy, joy is something that you've built, like like you built from the ground up. You had the scaffolding to your life and the things that you enjoy. You've developed an ecosystem of things that make you glad to be here, and these things help reinforce that gladness, um, that positivity. And then you put the people in your life as well, and along the way that you've met, you appreciate them for their strengths and their weaknesses because they help you shore yourself up and you come correct, or they challenge you because you're surrounded by people smarter than you. Like these things make you joyful. Like you do kung fu, or you do this martial art, or or, or that thing. So you push yourself physically just as hard as you do mentally and spiritually to keep all of yourself in balance, the yin and yang of, the, like, of it all. And that helps you in everything that you do, all of your endeavors. Everything helps everything else. You see what I'm saying? And so there's joy instead of happiness where a moment can fuck up a nigga's happiness. But joy, man, you can come for me all you fucking want, but I'm fucking glad to be here and I'm glad to be me. And I'm glad and I got the people in my life that I have in my fucking life. I have joy. And you can't, you like you can't take the you can't take the J out of that. Yeah. 
Like, you can't take the J out of that. There's nothing you can fucking do, you miserable fuck. You know what I'm saying? And I don't even think about you the way you're thinking about me because I got joy, nigga. I move That's the way it. that I move, and I move in a way that you can't like even think about moving. Well, look, so here's a little tidbit to the miserable people who won't take this advice like they never take the advice from the people around them who love them. Um, but the people, miserable people have a thing about thinking about people in the worst way all the time. It's probably a sign of depression, right? But they feed themselves these like negative thoughts about people. And so then when they engage, they want to share their misery with the people they're engaging with. And all of those fucked up thoughts that they've had over the last week or two weeks about this person or 10 years, who knows, whatever, right? The the thing about that, that misery, miserable people don't realize is that people who aren't miserable aren't thinking about them ever in any context not good not bad just not thinking about them like it's like how you're not thinking about the leader of china right now like you just don't think about them doesn't occur don't have any emotional context to even place that person in you know what i'm saying um and that's the sign of a healthy person right when you're just like yeah bro i'm thinking of like so many better things than like other people and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm thinking about like maybe how to do something for my children or how to, you know, build a better business. I'm thinking about how to uh, invest some money. I'm thinking about how to make my neighborhood a little cleaner or, or maybe do a small business in my neighborhood, you know, like whatever, like, and that, yeah, so not that y'all listen to miserable people. So I hope that everybody that listens to our shows are joyful people and that you already know these things. But yeah, to the miserables. And I'm Ain't nobody sure, thinking about you. You know, and I'm sure I've I you know, I have some people listening that's are suffering quietly, but I'm just I'm just here to say that there's a way out and it's it has a lot to do with the way that you see the world and how it works and your place in it. It has to do with your whole perception of things. Like I said, you're probably attached to happiness. You should detach from that shit. What, the moment you do that, the healing can begin. And I'm not claiming to know everything at all because there's a whole lot of shit I don't understand. But there's some things yeah. that I do and have come to understand through this um, short time that I've been on this earth. But I'm just here to share it with everybody. And, you know, that's why I love, that's one of my joys of having this podcast and doing that. Because you can at least take this away. Stop thinking about fucking happiness. Happiness ain't shit. How about joy? Something more permanent. Something that can permeate every facet of everything that you do. Something that right. people can just get drunk off of. People just can just be around someone filled with joy. And I can't even think about the bullshit that I was on and thinking about when I walked into this nigga's sphere when I just brushed against this motherfucker's aura, it got my aura up. I realized I didn't have none, and I realized why. And then I started to think about, oh, now, 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 now I'm reflecting. I haven't done that in a while. Do I do that? I don't do it enough. I like the way that this feels. I'm starting to figure some shit out immediately. And these solutions have nothing to do with my environment. It has nothing to do with looking outward for anything. I started looking inward. Because the answers were there all fucking long. But I don't talk to myself. I have no communication with me. Everything that I was searching for was already here. All alone. And instead of being an explorer, like like just going from this land to this land, going over here, maybe for some information that might change my life. No, I'm going to start changing my fucking life. 
Mm-hmm. It's an excavation. Mm-hmm. Start to dig. Start digging. It's inside. Your answers are inside. All of those fears that you might have had, you need to be on the other side of those shits because that's where a lot of the joy is. That's where the life that you never thought that you can lead but could easily lead if you made a few simple moves like get over your fucking self, then you could just start to begin to live that life and lay down the tracks for that so that that train moves without a hitch. Yeah. But that's within. Those it's answers, all. they come from no fucking body else. But then once you start to understand that, then you'll just notice that along your way and through your path and your environment, you'll just start to see everything in your in your environment interacting with you differently because your energy changed because you decided this change. So once you change your energy, niggas respond to that different because we're nothing but batteries. We're water and electricity. That's what we are. That's why we have these notions called vibes and shit like that. Mm-hmm. There's power in every word that we speak. Frequencies and all that. Yeah. That's why we talk about frequencies and shit and don't really know truly why that's probably why. Cause that's the how, real. Only the people know? in the frequency gonna understand what you're saying. And that's and, and that's one of them things, right? It'd be like that sometimes. Sounding like you're talking French, you know? Yeah. It is another language. But you need to become fluent in what's fucking real. Start and I was that. and brain healing too, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. uh most people don't I mean, people probably good today with they aren't because yesterday was Turkey Day, you know, shout out to all the turkeys who got slaughtered so that everybody can have a good dinner. Yeah, uh, for the yeah, next man. five days. We appreciate, we appreciate y'all, man. Yeah, we appreciate y'all contribution to society uh, every November. You feel me? Because um, we don't really mess with y'all throughout the year. I don't know why. It's just a weird thing that well, we do in the Well, this is the only day we've decided to have dry ass meat. <laughs> My turkey was actually juicy. That's good. Awesome. I, I had. <laughs> we won't reach. That's okay. It's turkey and turkey day just happened, so you know what I'm saying you're not the pause protect that one. But okay. um, no, like you, like you got to know how to do that right. If not, it's about to be the driest form of chicken, right? Because when you eat chicken all year and then you chose the chicken, yeah, and like you chose today <laughs> to do turkey, you better have a juicy, nice turkey, like and cook it properly. Don't cook it too fast. But usually, yeah. what is that turkey like? lifeless flavorless like when people be cooking turkey bro the dried the most dried up the the most dried all year yeah yeah they don't know how to cook that's the thing a lot of people don't know how to cook and you know no offense to you beautiful californians because because i love all you goofy uh weirdos out here but you motherfuckers do not know how to have thanksgiving and i just gotta say that shit directly into the mic so all you little california bitches can hear me I've been out here for like nine Thanksgivings, include my 08 and 09 Thanksgiving. I, my best Thanksgiving, not experience necessarily, because I've had some dope-ass experiences, but food-wise was when I cooked yesterday and the day before, my grandmamas and my aunties and my daddy recipes, shout out to everybody in Detroit, Alabama, and now in Kentucky, you know what I'm saying? For giving me them good food, soulful, buttery recipes where I was able to make some. Man, can I just go through the list? I know everybody had their food, but I just want to go through my shit. You go feel through me? your list. Shout out to Jessica Moore and my brother Nate. 
they threw down, but they're from the part of the world that I'm from. They brought that part of the world with them to California to bless I've had Thanksgiving with Jessica and Nate, Shout and it was at, all fucking yeah, Thanksgiving. It's at we Jessica Moore. She it was the closest the thing we ever got to my grandmama's food. Oh, you yeah. feel me? They grew up in Nashville and yeah. the beauty. It makes Iowa. sense. Shout out to them states, yeah. It just makes sense, right? But Let's last night we 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 did the turkey, you know. Two nights ago we started the turkey. Mm-hmm. You feel me? And so I always, I man, I do anytime I cook something in the oven, whether I'm cooking chicken, turkey, whatever. For those of y'all who don't know how to cook, you put some fucking water in the pot. You start off with water because the water is life, right? So the water is gonna go inside the turkey and outside the turkey, inside the turkey, outside the turkey, inside the turkey, outside the turkey. That becomes your broth that you can use for your stuffing, that you can use for, um, I mean, any fucking thing down the down the road, right? You'll have like basically, you should have a gallon of broth after you done cooking your turkey, if you done did the shit right, right? You throw your onions in the water, you throw your celery in the water. I put a Modelo inside the turkey. Shout out to them OGs back in the South who teach you how to put the beer in the turkey. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Bruh, had that shit in the oven, on two fifty, low, two fifty, slow, low and slow for like three hours. Raise it to four hundred just to cook the mac and cheese and the stuff and the cornbread for the stuffing. Cause you gotta make your own cornbread before you make stuffing. Croutons is not a substitute for cornbread. You know nothing, bitches that keep making that cheap ass, nasty ass, saltless ass stuffing. Your stuffing base, and I ain't going to give you all the G recipe, right? Because this ain't for everybody. But the base, at least, right? If you want to if you want at least not do your cornbread by scratch, I'll give you a pause on that, right? Yeah, you can you can do that. But for those of you who you do your cornbread by scratch, holla at your boy. That's what's up, right? Y'all know how to do that, so we ain't got to go through that. If you don't do your cornbread by scratch, get you some Jiffy. Jiffy works. You know what I'm saying? Jiff cornbread, you feel me? Awesome. After you burn it... You burn it just a little bit. You have to burn it because that's going to give it the texture. You feel me? When you break that up, you break that up in your onions and your celery and your herbs and your spices. I'm going to just say herbs and spices because my shit's like KFC, bro. You're not going to know my 21 flavors and seasonings. You feel me? Straight up. But when you put your herbs and spices in there, you crack a couple eggs over the whole thing. You feel me? And then you do your you do your your chicken broth. Now, if you did your turkey right, you should already have some natural broth to put in your stuffing. That way, you ain't gotta use that sixty nine cent can shit from Swanson or whoever make the chicken broth. Don't even know what the fuck that urine looking shit be. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like for real, like it's Swan- just rainwater. Swanson and shit. do be that brand though. If you're gonna get a broth. If you're gonna get one, I mean, it, it's good. I ain't even had it. Hey, that was mommy recommended, and she's the greatest chef in the world to me. So she was like, "Yo, Swanson." Swanson. I was like, "If you use Swanson, I, that's that's what it is. That's the broth." We use Swanson too, but I, my dad got when I was turkey. making jambalaya. I think it was jambalaya. My, my dad got a turkey recipe because my, you know, he used to own a restaurant or whatever back in Kentucky. So he got a turkey recipe where the broth from the turkey. It's unbeatable. You feel me? So again, the twenty-one herbs and spices KFC style that we put on the turkey. I ain't even going to that, but mm-hmm. the turkey was well seasoned. The juice was fire. You throw that shit on the stuffing. You feel me? Then 
You mix all that bitch up like a cake. You lay it out on the pan like a fucking brownie. Throw it back in the oven 15 minutes. Now, at this time, your oven been at 400 on your turkey for a minute just to make sure it's cooking all the way through, right? You got it. You want to cook the turkey, right? Mm-hmm. You stick your thermometer in. Your turkey should have been in about four hours right now. Your thermometer not going to hit 165, meaning your turkey not done. If it's not at 165, it's not done. It's probably going to be at like 140, 150, right? Even though you don't raise the temperature. It's cooking, but it's just not there yet. Now, your mac and cheese done. Again, I ain't even going through my recipe on the mac and cheese, but we definitely had the mac and cheese on the table. I know everybody who had that good mac and cheese already know what it is. You feel me? And my condolences uh, to those of you who felt like you wanted to die when you had that runny-ass mac and cheese that that nigga in Vegas vacation made. Yeah, or the mac and cheese where, I don't know why, but I right, look, my wife sent me a picture of some, some of her friends. Uh, I ain't even gonna call out who they are, but they sent they sent their Thanksgiving dinner. I ain't even mad at how they tried, they but tried. the mac and cheese. <laughs> I ain't even mad at how they tried. <laughs> Look, but the mac and cheese, bro, <laughs> it was an abomination, bro. First of all, Damn. it was dry the whole way through. It looked like they didn't put an ounce of milk, cheese, heavy cream, nothing in there, right? Damn. Like the cheese looked like it was just put on in certain spots. Damn. Not Come on, bro. Like, the mac and cheese was offensive to a nigga that loved mac and cheese. You know oh, what I'm saying? Oh, damn. I don't even eat mac and cheese, but probably once or twice a year. But when I eat it, that shit better be right. You feel me? So, anyway, you got the you got the uh, the turkey at 400. Now, you, once the stuffing is done, mac and cheese done, you turn that turkey down to like 2, 220. Go to fucking sleep. I mean, you got your needle, you sticking your juices in there from the brine, right? You done did that probably 10, 15 times already in the first three hours. So you're good. Go to sleep. You wake up at 7 a.m., turn that bitch off. Your turkey is fire, and the meat fall off. The outside layer got a nice crisp on the skin, totally seasoned. But you only you know how some people turkey, you need the skin to taste the meat? Nah. Yo, yeah, man. Like. It's such a crazy... I'm like, you might as well just serve this all skin for Thanksgiving, nigga. Because all me, of the flavor is in is the skin. skin. And there's that, like... You hit this flavorless wall that is the whole turkey. When you get to That's the, the ones you base in the red hot hot sauce. Yeah, you be like, that, I got to put Frank's, the whole turkey in hot sauce. Yeah, Frank's. Yeah, like this exactly. Frank's saves your life. Mm-hmm. Mm, so, shout out to Frank's. Shout out to Frank's for real for like 30 years of uh, good hot sauce. You feel mm-hmm. me? In my time, I know it probably existed longer, but at least in my little time. Um, so th- you got a juicy turkey. Everything, you know what I'm saying? Those are your sides. We, you know, we we uh, bought the sweet potatoes, ended up doing two dishes with them. We did a sweet potato pie, and then we did just, the, you know, the traditional sweet potatoes with the, uh, with the marshmallows on top as a sweet side for those who necessarily don't want to eat the pie. Uh, and then we actually did a pecan pie. We did an apple pie, and then we mixed it up with an apple pecan sweet potato pie. Apple pecan sweet potato pie. Jessica was just making fun of me last night about, I said pecan. She's like, I can tell you never had pecans or pecans because you don't know what I say. I was like, yeah, I've called them pecans my whole life because I've never fucked with pecans. It was good. Pecans, yeah. I, I wish you was here to share a slice. It was good. It was good. And Melissa don't even fuck with pecans for real, but she liked it too. You feel me? Well, I don't do like no peanuts, no walnuts, like none of those things. 
None yeah. of them. Like, yeah, like none of those things. So the cons is a part of the same shit. It's another nut. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I don't fuck with those. I don't fuck with these. You know what I'm saying? Fair. They're good for you though. Walnuts are good for your brain. You know what I'm saying? I they full find, of iron. I I just find the other shit that's good for your brain. You know to have iron. <laughs> I'm like, man, this ain't the only thing they put here on earth for me. Get my iron up, dang! Give me some spinach. This has been an absolutely incredible and wonderful show. It's been so good. It almost felt like we had Jill Scott here. Jill Scott, you know, you know, I'm looking for you. Jazzy County Show, love you, man. Yo, and and this is going to be the first of many listeners. You're for a treat. Man, yeah. So, you know, with Trevante and I being brothers from another mother born literally 24 hours apart in two different parts of the planet. um, Yeah, as long as we're breathing, we'll be connecting and sharing out. Uh, for the Jazzy Comedy Show, this is already epic because we're at three hours. So for the listeners who tuned in and enjoyed it, yo, send us a little note. Let us know how you enjoyed the show. Let us know some of your favorite parts. If you was offended, let me know. I mean, I don't really give a fuck, but let me know anyway. I'm curious to see how we offended you because, you know, the sensitivity is real out here. And you just got to. Hey, man, it be know. like that sometimes. It be like that sometimes. Hey, hey, you sensitive niggas can tell from our voices that it's just coming from a real place. And you're upset at the part of you that's upset about the shit. Balls. And what am I supposed to do about and that? What the fuck yeah, am I me. supposed to do about that? That sounds like a you problem. Not Man, it sounds problem. like you need a hug from your mama or your daddy or your sister or your brother or your cousin or other, but it's not me, motherfucker. Hey, and that's a bar. You know what I'm saying? Um, if you guys uh, please like, subscribe, share, share the love, spread the wealth to my brother, JC Rose, Jazzy Comedy Show. And it's the Jazzy Comedy Show. It's available on all platforms, all DSPs. Um, it's available and um, it's going to take off tremendously. I'm super excited about it. This was many, many years. This was a lifetime in the making. Let's just say that. Um, this is really? us just like this isn't even our fucking like this is this isn't my final form. This isn't his wow. final form. But um, you guys always developing. I just love that you guys are all a part of this. You know what I'm saying? And so um I'm not sure if he has a potty email address yet. You know what I'm saying? But reach out to him. Praise most high for the uh for the audience. Yeah. The Jazzy Comedy Show at gmail.com, the Jazzy Comedy Show.com. You can subscribe there, uh, catch our newsletter, any updates on shows we have virtually or or physically, maybe near you. Um, COVID CDC regulations in place always for our public shows. We actually do have a show December twelfth here in Oakland at Dwayne Wiggins Compound. Dwayne Wiggins a former member of Tony Tony Tony. Uh, you know, it's our anniversary. You know, I can't sing, but you know, you know, R and B flavor back in the 90s for real, real talk he actually uh discovered beyonce for those who don't know but we won't get into all of that you know but he's he's responsible for those fucking songs that you hear on a uh, rick and morty all of the time rick man, and man. morty he's responsible for a lot of these 90 babies that exist too uh they was being made you know their parents was making love to his music whether they, they know it or not. how could you not get here come on yeah come on. it feels good i'm sure it felt good yeah that's probably how we got here yeah <laughs> um so. i'm on i mean pot at gmail.com i am your humble 
and uh, gracious host, your thankful host, um, your evolving host. I mean, I mean is available on all DSPs, all digital platforms as well, streaming platforms and services. And I am Monkey D Trevanti on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram. Mostly on Instagram. I don't fuck with Twitter like that. And uh, I'm not judging you if you do, but Ooh, I sort, I kind of sort of am. Yeah. But you know, so hey, you know I'll be on Twitch and you know I'll be on Instagram. Definitely IG. Hit me up over there. You understand? But definitely subscribe so that you get a notification whenever we churn out some new hotness, which is all of the fucking time. And it's always kind of flowing like this. So I'm just thankful for my brother, JC. Another day. He's going to be another recurring guest. And I'm telling y'all, man, you about to appreciate this shit that you about to hear. I'm going to tell you that shit. And uh, if you have any inquiries about the music or anything, it's Monkey D. Trevanti on uh, all of those social networks and all that shit. Again, IG mostly. And uh, I mean, potagima.com. Peace. Allah. Peace. Yeah. The devil thought he had me, I was on back burners. Moonwalking fast, y'all respect my journey. Evil tapping in like the feds is watching. No album, no dope, I was all out of options. I'd rather rob than get a job, don't, don't insult me. me. Remember it was Nixon Dimes in 03? I was doing bad, so I took your bag. Tables turned, lessons learned, karma yeah, come back fast. Flipped off that bitch, merely rocking the wheel. 200,000 in the bank, straight to hospital bills. Mama still got the shakes, praying I'm alright. Dreams of enemies in the lobby when they hit the lights. So many niggas be wishing they was you, bro. Same niggas that hit you with that, I love you, bro. Y'all stay safe out there, stay masked up, understand? Spread your positivity and your love. Put fucking plan. Like, subscribe, share this shit. This shit is rare, you know that. Wash your fucking hands. Shout out to JC again. Like, come on, man. That shit was easy. Easy. I'm a cold nigga, free my guys, free PI, free Puda May, free Shooter Ray, from the fire line. We gon' get money or die try. J Rock and I'm back, bitch. Watch out, bro, you're back, bitch. Be cool, yeah, relax, bitch. I'm only speaking facts, bitch. I've been through the bullshit to the pulpit up shit's creek. Been a nuisance to my OGs, got a nuisance 2018. Put that on the bloodies. Whip clean on the bloodies. Bitch clean on the bloodies. Pull up, I'ma fuck with it. Slide in for the take that. Got a best friend, she say less. Fake I just had to let that shit ride, y'all. I'm telling you, if you want to fucking know where the music comes from, it comes from my motherfucking mind. Inquire within. Jazz Comedy Show, bitch. We on Instagram, all of that. We out of here.